Big walls make little enemies. Defensive embankment. You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show that gets your paints to the correct thickness. Did you write thinness instead of thickness? Because <laughs> everybody knows you need to thin your paint. You don't thick your paint. You, you can. We like. You can, you can add thickening agent too. I've, I have never like once thick. heard somebody say you need to thick your paint, bro. I've done that for decades in fine arts. I've never had to say thinness. What do you? That's a new one. Thick your paints. Medium. Thick your paints, bro. Yeah. Train tracks, derailment off. <laughs> Love it, guys. Leave I'll it, it your, in. I'll be More your host paint. this evening, Matthew, two per omni bloodbath barons. Tonight, co-host is joining us this evening, as always. Andrew, I'll use the beads. Minnow Curl. Good evening, guys. What type of beads? He loves his beads. <laughs> I like my beads. I like my crit hit beads. Aaron, I have a problem. Coach Kroll. I have a problem. Good. I don't know which kind of problem I have, but I have a problem. And Luke, piece of context, Charles Gideon Dirks. Hey, everybody. And Thomas, not putting fins on it. Silent C. Raven Kruger. I wasn't. I swear to God. Those little fins, I couldn't do it. You nope. have to put the fins on the turf. No, it was on the No, the no do it. it's a van. It's font of it, yeah. Yeah, sounds of You need the fans, bro. You need the fans. Nope. I want to buy another one. It won't turn turn, then. And tonight we have a special guest, a great person of all. He is Camo Specs online artist, B1B Flyer, with at least 109 listings, Mr. Ryan Peterson. Hold on. We need a current rank, and it's Major Peterson Ryan. And by the way, thank you for your service. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. God, he has that sexy radio voice, doesn't he? It's it's like he could narrate YouTube videos. <laughs> Maybe we could hire him for uh, history. Wow. Oh, oh, shots fired. <laughs> I'm not looking for another part-time, part-time job. Somebody's <laughs> in a competition. <laughs> You're in Battletech, man. Everything's a part-time, part-time job. Why do my part-time <laughs> jobs take more than my full-time jobs? So let's get some background with a little Q&A. Where'd you start from there, Ryan? Well, I'm a child of the 80s, if that places me in the Gen X. and The best uh, generation. Yeah, I'm, I'm an old fart at this point, but uh, I was in driver's ed in 1995 and this kid next to me was thumbing through tech readout 3050 and I started asking questions and then I ended up asking more questions. We got the third generation box set, started playing Battletech. My brother, who was three years younger than me, started getting into it and uh, played in high school, a little bit in college and then uh, started painting, you know, somewhere in between there. So That's awesome. Long, like- long time. So got you thanks, for the- the, thanks for the title of the show, by the way. Oh, what's driver's it going to be ed. like? <laughs> driver's Ed with Ryan Peters. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> driver's yeah. Ed with Ryan Peters. I like that. I, yeah. I know literally no one who found Battletech during Driver's Ed. 
I, I'm pretty sure awesome. it's a unique instance for me for most people as well. Like, wait, where? So yeah. I and couldn't told you what game, Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> told you what a game store was before then, all that I had no like, you know, cognizance of, you know, anything. I mean you hear about the, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or whatever, but it wasn't anything I was really interested in. But you know, I was a younger grown up Robotech uh, watched it on TV when it was actually on TV and uh got into that a little bit and then when i saw i was looking you know saw what he was thumbing through and i was like that's a that's not a what is that you know i was like that's a marauder but it's in the hawk yeah exactly so that's what piqued my interest and that's where it all kicked off so how did you get into contact with camo specs i was uh lords of the battlefield was the old yes yeah. See how old he, again, I dated myself. For the, for the, <laughs> so, um, there were, you know, kind of the guys talking about, Hey, we're putting this together for, you know, Ray and uh, Arastia and a few of the other guys were putting that all together and they were talking about how to submit and all that. And, uh, I was obviously kind of interested in doing something involving the community. I was painting, you know, prior to that, but I was like, I was intrigued and kind of interested in more interested in the challenge of, Hey, can I paint something that is used as a reference? Um, not because I'm trying to be popular, but I just thought it was neat to have some sort of structure and, uh, you know, historical, at least in-game history associated with what you're doing. You know, Hey, this is the official unit. This is what they look like. Here's the, you know, how you do it and all that. So I thought it was cool. Um, uh, cause you know, they had a bunch of pictures up already with their, set up and everything and i applied and got in and actually i went to best buy and bought a digital camera to take the pictures and then returned it and i was really pissed off that i had to pay the restocking fee that i didn't realize i had to pay because i didn't have a digital camera to take the pictures oh so, wow um <laughs> Those I, bastards. Obviously, yeah obviously after i got in i was like well i guess i better buy a digital camera but i was in uh, you know i was in college uh, or just up, finishing up with college. I can't remember exactly when it was that I got in. I know that's kind of a bad thing to have to say, but it was, it wasn't long. I was one of the first like applicants because there were guys that started out camo specs and I was one of the first, you know, handful of folks that submitted and got accepted. So been around for a long time. Right on. Do you have a favorite mech unit or faction? Yeah, so favorite mechs, which I'll quantify with Intersphere versus Clan. So I, I am a Marauder fanboy, um, more so because I am a terrible Battletech dice roller. So I need paired weapons just to get one hit out of two. So <laughs> join the club, so, right? Right. So hey, two, two PVCs, two two medium lasers. All right, that's kind of my thing. At least I'll hit with maybe one, you know, one arm's worth. Uh, so that that and that carries over to the Storm Crow, the clan side. I'll take the prime variant's great. I like it. Uh, you know, I, and there's a lot of different ones I do like, but um, but yeah, those are my two kind of. You know, if I'm going to bring something interstellar or clan wise, I'd, I'd like to include those. But you know, I can I can go without. I'm not uh, you know I'm not that strict you, about it but you cannot claim bad dice rolling until we have video evidence of at least <laughs> five or six games uh, <laughs> then you can come talk to me <laughs> yeah i'm sure there's people that can take the trophy from me but uh you know if i'm if i'm playing the oh yeah i got this big gun it's gonna take you out and wreck you and i'm, I'm gonna snake eyes it every single time so. i've actually changed my pilot skills on my 350s just to compensate not being able to roll a six <laughs> like medium range i need fives or better <laughs> fives are better 
That's legit. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I kind of started out with the Fed Sons long, long ago, but I've kind of branched into the Canopians now. I'm kind of a magistrate just because I like the kind of the periphery, you know, kind of out of my ch- my chili type of uh you know deal <laughs> i mean who doesn't like space vegas right so yeah uh, but i you know it, it's it's kind of fun just to play something that's kind of like hey you always have 30 25 tech and you're forcing no matter what the timeline is so, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh for for clans i i'm kind of a hell's horses slash steel viper kind of you know, Ooh. interested in those. I paint a little bit of everything, obviously. Well, obviously, but um, anyway. So that's that's kind of my. Those are my kind of you know go tos for all that. But, when you you mentioned with the Canopians that uh, part of it is is kind of the the uh, the flavor side of it, but does the paint a part? Like, is I I I noticed that I when I paint units. I kind of either start liking them more or less just based on how well the paint works for me. <laughs> so I wonder if I'm like the only person like that or is that well, done your skill though? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. So, you know, every, every faction is going to have the kind of like the popular unit. Um, doesn't matter houses, clans, mercenaries or whatever. And there's going to be the, the popular one. And there's going to be the one that lots of people like to paint and they don't necessarily always intersect, but you know, Swords of Light for Karita. Well, that's easy. It's red, you know. Magistry of Canopus. Probably got some yellow somewhere in there. Um, it's just kind of the, you know, the, the easy flavor. of Like, if I paint it green, then, you know, you kind of can associate that house color. And then with the clans, obviously, you can do the same thing. Green, uh, you know, black if you're into the Batman style. Does anybody like painting yellow? <laughs> I did a video on it just to make these for everybody. <laughs> Because I was like, you know what? I'm going to paint all these things. I'm going to show everybody else how to do it. Because, you know, not everything I do is, is the top tier best job I could possibly do. Because, honestly, I would have zero. Like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have a lance or a star painted if I painted everything to the level that, you know, I can. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you also have to know when to quit. Because if you paint to the highest level, you're going to always find things that you want to redo. As soon as you take a photograph and we'll start looking at it, you find more that you didn't see. Do you do you I mean, find do you find that when you're taking pictures? Because I I don't paint as much as nearly as I should, but I have been starting to photograph stuff that I do finish, and the photograph I'm finding is a cruel cruel mistress in showing all of the things that you did wrong. Yeah, she's merciless. And part of that, part of that is, is self-induced depending on your photography setup. I see, we, you know, we get guys that submit, or guys, girls, whatever, that submit to camo specs. And some of the, some of the things we look at is that, you know, hey, their photography, you know, both has to be on par, but also has to be frame. I mean, you have to have an, you kind of have to have an eye for it. And it takes practice. I, I'm by no means any sort of a, even a hobbyist photographer. I do it because I have to for, for camo specs. Right on, um, like you want to show rule. something off. Right, right. So following your rule of thirds and you know your circular formation and yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've had to Google and re-Google f-stop settings more than I care to admit. Because, <laughs> yep. So you, you get 
you get familiar with some of it and then like you get your camera set up and you're like, okay, this is exactly how it needs to be. And then you get like a, well, I use my phone now, but like you get an update and you're like, no, it's gone. So it's just, uh, you know, um, I, I've had it happen more than I want to admit again, but the, the whole like photography thing, like if you zoom in too close, you're going to see stuff that it doesn't matter if you are one of the great, even the stuff that you see winning competitions that's used to sell the product or whatever, you know, professional painters. If you zoom in close enough, you will eventually see flaws. It doesn't matter. It, nothing is perfect. Or no art is perfect. My high school art teacher said it. No, there's no perfect art. And it holds true. And oh. painting painting miniatures is is art. It is a form, despite the some you know people's opinions on what it may be. But if you hold yourself to those kinds of you know standards, then you're gonna you're gonna seek out those flaws. Whereas if you accept that, hey, you know, I'm gonna look at this thing from twelve to 36 inches away most of the time it looks great or you overcompensate the contrast or the color the vibrancy the highlight whatever to make it look better at the majority of the time that's going to be seen because like i said you zoom in on a photograph of something you painted that looks great at a tabletop and you're like oh man i don't really like that but you, you know 30 minutes before when it was on the tabletop and you were you know rolling dice it looked fantastic so you you have to pick what the 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 paint job is trying to do. So if you want to get out and play and make them look good, cool, you can do that. If you want to enter a competition, well, obviously you're setting yourself up to have to do a lot more work and be much more detailed and critical of your of your process and your results. Is there Who's a way uh, to like, is there a way to like save the settings for your phones? Like, because your pictures are awesome. I mean, I'm just saying you should probably send those settings to like this guy called Brashido. I don't know, his, his man. Either a wide angle lens or, you know, put some grease on the, on the lens or something like that. Cause it's just, he's got to do some better work than that. I mean, cheaper sucks. Yeah. He's really got to step up his game. He's really been slacking lately. So, <laughs> and if you have any comments, concerns, you can reach us at www.tbnrp. <laughs> have you guys but honestly speaking of uh of Brushido, have you guys seen his uh his, yeah, his uh, mad cat that mad he's cat? been working on yeah what is yeah. he going for there i mean just he is, so he, is he yes. taking the high contrast thing to another level yes yeah, yeah no that that's all from when he was on the podcast that that all started because I was like, I think people, there's such a thing as too much contrast. And he was a very nice person and he didn't disagree with me on our, on our, our show. And then it turned into a whole thing where then people were like, well, I'm going to pump as much contrast. Well, Jason Newman, um, pump yeah, as was... much contrast as oh, possible yeah. into minis. Fantastic and, artist. Yeah. And it all looked like uh, colored Chrome and was yeah. over the top. Awesome. Um, and now he's trying to do a mad cat in that style and i think it, so far it looks amazing so i'm trying to figure out what we can get ryan to say to get uh, more people to <laughs> like make over the top paint jobs on minis you know like like we need a hot take ryan like what's your what's your mini painting hot take so we can kick off like i don't know a painting competition oh we need camo specs uh uh feudal war we're going on like can you just tell Kevin, like, okay, we get it, man. We get it. I give him, I give him grief about using magenta all the time, but honestly, <laughs> it, it works in like ninety-nine and a half percent of what he does, and it makes me yeah. actually want to start finding ways to incorporate it. I'm, I'm a better artist because I look at what other people do, and I ask myself, why is what they did 
intriguing me. And it, it may be, it, it might not be something that I look at and go, oh, that's more skill than what I could do. But it might be the use of color or the the over highlighting or, the, I mean, there are, um, there's a multitude of ways to paint and achieve all kinds of effect. I mean, it's, it's really limit, literally limitless. But when I see something that catches my eye, I kind of ask myself, why does this catch my eye? Because I look at it and go, man, I bet they painted that in like a third of the time it would take me to do it. Or I bet they really just dug into that for days. And it's it makes me kind of just analyze the process in my head. Of course, you know, I could ask them the colors they use. And that's a common thing that people do. But I try to see what they do and maybe think about, hey, for something different to try out or to look into or to research. Because, I mean, if you ever stop learning as an artist, then you're you probably shouldn't continue as an artist and i'm not knocking people for doing what they're comfortable with in, in that regard if you like to just paint the same way and you paint your army all the same and that's what you like to paint i'm not knocking that in any way but if you're trying to improve your painting or you're trying to research and figure out what you can do to make your models better or, or whatever or try something out you've never tried before you know i mean between youtube and forums and chats and you know there's a multitude of examples to to give you all kinds of stepping stones to start your journey on that but I, I, like I said, I like to kind of mentally step through some of those things like, you know, how would I have done that? And sometimes I can't figure it out. And it's not a, you know, it's not a, uh, oh, man, I don't know why I can't figure that out. But it kind of makes me go, you know, and every now and then I'll ask, like, hey, how did you do that? Because, I mean, if, it, if it's catching my eye, clearly it's something that I might want to do later or kind of file away as a, as a technique or a, or a color combination. You know, there's all, I mean, like I'm always trying to just seek out things that are interesting and fun because if I'm enjoying it, I'll do it more. And that's the whole point of this hobby is if it's fun and you enjoy it, you'll stick with it. And you know, if it becomes work or tedious, I don't do commissions anymore because that totally ruins it for me. And it's not that I don't like doing things for people and making them happy. It's because it just feels like a load of bricks on my shoulders every time i come home it's like i have to do this versus what i want to do and man it's taken a long time and it's just you know so anyway it's just that's why if i sell something it's i just sell something i've done that i enjoyed or wanted to do or felt like painting because that makes me happy so i saw a facebook post i don't know if it was today or yesterday but it was a picture of uh i think it was on battletech international a guy posted a picture of a locust in 2020 and a and a black knight oh, in 2022 yeah. And he goes, just letting you all know, this is what can happen if you keep painting. Do you have any of your original, like, way back in the day, painted mechs? I do, like, I do. I think I, I think I posted them on the CSO Discord a while back, or it might have been on Battletech Painting and Custom. But I, I have the first Timberwolf I painted, um, metal timber, like the old skinny skull Timberwolf. Yep. Yeah. The very first, the very first mechs I painted were the third edition box set plastics, the the terrible, terrible plastic. <laughs> I don't have most of those anymore. I got rid of them, but I did keep like I think one, uh, which I ended up letting like stripping and letting my wife paint. I taught her how to paint real quick. She she doesn't stick with it, but you know just to just to kind of see if she, she's you know kind of artistic and all stuff, but she's not really interested in the hobbies. But um, so I have stuff from my first year ish or so of painting uh you know back in the 90s late 90s and uh now and i mean uh, sure clearly now what i would think is more of an indicator is that i have stuff from my first postings on camo specs which were years later and then there's you know there's years where you can see what you know you can see when it was posted and all that and then there's a jump like 
you know, it was about 20, I think 2007, 2008, I think is when I started getting a lot better. Uh, I think I just was able to like start like researching more and I got a little more serious about some things. And then once, and then talking to people, artists, and I believe, I mean, YouTube started taking off and, you know, it's, it's amazing that the resources available to you at that point started to expand. The internet's a beautiful thing. Um, and then once you can learn from what someone else does, you can, you know, iron sharpens iron and all that good stuff that you want to catchphrase it and everything. But, you know, I was able to use those resources before. I mean, I, I kind of taught myself how to paint and then I just had a buddy say, Oh, you can try this and do that. And, you know, I mean, I, it's, there's no, there was no direct source to go to reference, which is why I wanted to start making videos. Like, hey, there's no Battletech tutorials anywhere. I was like, hey guys, uh, our website is outdated because the servers got you know transferred and it's you know no one pays for it and now we don't have anything. So can we do something to keep people remembering that we exist? Uh, you know the website was super slow and all that, and so I was like, yeah, maybe we'll start making try try making these videos. I tried well, I tried like a Twitch stream, and people were like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, you know, maybe we should just save this because otherwise I might have to do it over again in three months, or someone's going to ask me how did I do that or whatever. Um, and you know, I was I was really like, now nah, I don't know if I want to try this YouTube thing. But uh, then I started asking the guys like, hey, can we start up channel and or really can I start up a channel? <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm not saying that because, you know, folks, it, it, there's a lot involved. There's more than I even knew about involved with making YouTube videos. And I can't, I mean, I can't even do it consistently just with my job, but the, the amount of time it takes, you know, it's funny you talk about narrating a video with my voice and everything. It's like a painting part's easy. I just turn the camera on, lights on, make sure it's re actually recording and paint. But the, after the fact, you got to write a script and narrate and edit the video and, and make it make sense. and cut out the the fumble the fumbled you know thing you're trying to say and the cat walking in i don't have a cat but you know or whatever but it's just all those things um that that you have to eliminate and then review and then sound adjust i mean and then you know, like it takes longer it takes at least five to ten times longer for me to narrate and edit or through or work through writing the script and narrating and editing that does actually film the video how many times yeah. do you end up watching the video to put your narration together or are you kind of doing that? Or are you kind of doing that in your head as you're painting? I'll take notes on what I want to say even before I'll make the video because there's going to be a lesson or or a technique or something that's going to be a focus of the video, and I'll at least be able to kind of you know think about it. And I you know I'll, I have an old iPad that I use for work, but I take notes on. I use the note taker and I just you know jot down. Okay, remember to include that, and I'll reference that finally once I film the video, and then when I'm going over the video, I'll watch the whole, all, all of the footage and like, okay, wait here, you know, write down the timestamps and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, I want to talk about this. Okay. I want to talk about this. And then once I've cropped it down to a reasonable level, that's more edible. Cause I mean, a 20 minute video, I've got three hours of footage. So <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's not because I, I need all of it. It's just because I, I mean, I paint in real time, not in speed up YouTube time. So it's, yeah, there's nothing it's, I can do. <laughs> no, it's, it's a legit thing where it's, it's yeah. usually like 10 minutes per page of script and you're like, well, three hours. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I am impressed. You can get three hours of painting in a 20 minute video. Cause well, I'm sure there's tons of stuff that you're like, ah, oh, but I really want to show this. 
I mean, you know, with base codes or highlights, like you show highlighting a few panels and you're like, okay, well, I got to do 90% of the rest of this thing. Do you really want to see all of that? There are some folks that actually do. The problem is, is that it doesn't make for good YouTube videos because we all have short attention spans and we're busy. Yep. And I'm, well, I'm not, I shouldn't say that, but you know, we tend to be like, okay, where's the content that I'm here to see? And if I have to that's hunt a, around in a three hour that's video. That's absolutely true. Yeah. So I try to keep the videos between 10 to 20 or 25 minutes if I can. So sometimes I'll split them like the, the Aiden pride, uh, Timberwolf. I split it because there was just so much I wanted to do on the model and I was having fun with it. And I was like, Oh, I want to talk about this. Oh, I want to talk about this. Oh, let's talk about this. And, and it was really just a, you know, all right, well, I'm just going to split it. And I still ended up with, I think like a almost 40 minute video on one of them. And it's like, well, it is what it is. I ain't doing three. So <laughs> yeah. When I, when I will say I, um, I think recently you've included a little bit more of like uh like a little stamp at the bottom saying i'm not going to talk for the next five minutes i'm just painting and (laughs) i i honestly appreciate that because so like there there are a lot of youtube channels where they say see this is what i'm gonna do and then they come back and it looks like a totally different you know paint job and it's like no i don't i don't see how you went from where you were to there but giving that few minutes because then if i if i think i got it i can skip if exactly. I don't, if I don't have it, I, I, I can watch you do it and, and see how, what you're doing works. So I really appreciate that. I'm glad to hear it because I was watching some of the like first year videos and I was like, I didn't know what I was doing. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm recording live while I'm painting. So I'm having to think about what I want to say and not have all these verbal pauses while I'm operating a brush and trying to keep it. It was just too much to do. And I, it took me a little while to figure out that I can't live record which is why i really kind of don't do the twitch thing it's difficult it's difficult for me i I mean i did it for the gen con online back in 2020 and all that and it was kind of fun but it was a very like you know limited thing because i i I just can't come up with i mean content like all the time there's those twitch streamers that do the stuff like all the time like man i respect because i don't have that much to say you just listen to you just be seeing me like dip my profession paint and painting and just listen to music because i I wouldn't have anything to say (laughs) But the, the, you know, the exactly right. I, you know, you watch a video and you see the, the, the screen wipe over to the, wow, that model looks amazing from the last step you did. How did you get there? And I did, I try to avoid that because I was getting questions. I, I try to answer all the questions on YouTube. I you know, get behind sometimes, but when someone's like, Hey, how'd you get to that point? Or what, what did you do? Or can you show me more of this process? And I try to incorporate that feedback into the next video because chances are, if someone's asking, took the time to write and ask me the question, more than one person is feeling the same way. So, I mean, obviously within reason, if it's a crazy, you know, random weird thing, then obviously it's not totally, you know, but if it makes sense, like, yeah, hey, can you show a little bit more of this process? Sure. So if I let it run for a couple of minutes, because maybe that's the main subject of the video. Okay, cool. Oh man, I, I know how to do this type of technique. So I'm going to skip ahead to where you start talking again about the next technique. Then great. I've, I haven't hurt anybody's feelings. And uh, I haven't made anybody like feel like they're wasting their time. Like, man, this is really boring, you know, because, you know, I, like I said, we're all busy. We all want to see what we want to see. Uh, but, I, you know, I, try, I do try to do that. If I know I want to include some, you know, hard, like core content, if you will, for <laughs> Battletech painting. Uh, but the, but the, the real like, yeah, you know, if there is such a thing, but the real meat and potatoes of whatever I'm trying to show, sometimes, you know, a minute of seeing that isn't enough. You know, because maybe you got to wait for the paint to dry to come back and do the second layer. And that's where the magic happens or, or whatever, you know. And if you, if there's a screen wipe, then it's like, well, do you really believe that it happened? Do you really, you know what I mean? Like, or was it because he 
you know, worked on it. And, you know, and I, even when I do have some instances where I've, I've forgotten to hit record or I've done something and forgot to talk about it. And I go back and say, okay, just so you know, I missed this, but I actually did that. You know, I try to at least, you know, be completely upfront and, and honest if I forgot something or if I did something while the screen was not showing it, um, you know, is that better than trying to hide it? I, I don't know, but I just feel like it's better to be honest and upfront about, Hey, I didn't just magically make this happen at the last step. It, you know, there was something else that, that went on in between, but, um, you know, I tried I, to, I, I, I could see some people sitting there like he's tricking us. I didn't see that. No. <laughs> I mean, if you want to sit over my shoulder and watch me paint, you're welcome to do it. But man, you're going to need a book and a drink or two. Well, we appreciate the time. Cheers, you put cheers in. by the way. Cheers, by the way. Thank you. For oh, joining social. Me. Oh God. Are we starting that? Please don't no. tell me we're starting that. We're not starting that because you'll fall oh. down. And we'll have more pauses. Do you have uh, any favorite uh, fiction stories with characters? So I, I really got into, when I started getting into Battletech, I really got into the, the Great Death Legion trilogy and I got into the, you know, the, the Clant Jade Falcon trilogy that really, you know, both of those series i think were very well written they're very like gripping and they, they do a lot to inject you into the battletech universe on both sides of the um you know clan and the inner sphere if you will i mean even though they're a merc you know group but it's kind of neat to set some and even though there's some the you know a little bit of this and that it's that's not really how the game plays in it, but it's 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 engaging and all that um i i don't really have a whole lot of fiction that I've read recently. And I, I know I've spoken with Andrew about this. I got away from reading fiction, Battletech fiction a long time ago. And it wasn't like a conscious, like, Oh, I don't like Battletech anymore or whatever. It was just, I think I, I, it happened when I was in college because I just had so much other stuff to read, you know, like for actual, like, Hey, I'm paying for this class. I better read the dang book. Um, I didn't do a lot of leisure reading. And then once I started flying in the air force, I, was reading tech orders, not fiction. I was, you know, spending time trying not to get kicked out of pilot training or, you know, learn the new airplane that I'm flying. So, um, so I didn't, I mean, and that's across the board. I didn't do much leisure reading. I used to read all the time when I was in high school and, and all that, but, um, I just, I never really jumped back into it. And I think by the time that I was you know, kind of like, okay, cool. I think we were kind of in the post jihad, early dark age type stuff. And I'm not knocking anything because if you find a uh, era that you enjoy in Battletech, then that's great. You know, that's the point of having all these wide varieties of things to choose from is you find what you like and play it. But I just, I've been meaning to get kind of back into the, into the fiction and stuff. And I, I haven't, so I've been doing a lot of audio books and thankfully now Battletech books are starting to come on to, to audible and things like that. So I, Thank it's, you, it's, on the, yeah, it's on the horizon. So, um, so I, I mean, do I have a recent favorite book? I, I don't, um, I, just, uh, I, I know it's kind of weird. It's like, wait, you, you love Battletech, but you don't read about it. Like, I, I love researching stuff. I love to find where a unit paint scheme or a, or a commander or a unique character, all the stuff that goes along with that. Like if you see some of the things that I've, you know, painted along through the years, I like to like write up like a little bit of about like, you know, kind of a fluff piece, even though it's not canon or anything like that, but just kind of expand upon, Hey, this was the inspiration for, or this kind of is what was going through my head, or this is why I painted it this way. And so, I mean, I'll spend hours on the, in the Sarna, you know, uh, vortex of, of time, you know, that time sync that just, you know, you click on this, click on this, click on YouTube, same thing. And then I'll dig out. I mean, I still have tons of source books and stuff, both, both, you know, 
physical and electronic and I just dig and I love, I love doing that. So despite the fact that I'm not really into the novels right now, um, I do my research, especially when it comes to, to paint schemes or trying to sort out like, Hey, do these guys paint this, you know, or whatever, because we have units that don't have anything official. Uh, you know, the, the, for instance, the steel vipers, steel viper alpha, I, I air quotes canonize that. And it's not that I chose the scheme, but the actual reference for that came from one of the novels that I found in the novel that I was reading. And I remembered it and I went back and said, Hey guys, I remember it said something about steel and blood red. So the whole reason that we made it official was because there was a novel. Now, normally we don't use novelization stuff, but it was the only reference anywhere at the time. This is many, many years ago. So, you know, there, there is a purpose to kind of, you know, hey, digging into the books and figuring out because we don't, we don't want to be contradicted. You're like, hey, guys, you know that that's supposed to be purple and green and you guys painted it yellow and blue. And you're like, oh, crap. Now we got to come up with some sort of explanation or figure it out. And thankfully, that doesn't happen much because we got the checks and balances and CSM when we bounce it off of, of Ray and all the rest of the folks that are much more well-versed in all of the Battletech um uh, lore fiction and canon uh you know literature out there so uh so when we go to try to canonize a paint scheme obviously you got to figure out hey you know does somebody else look exactly like this no okay good <laughs> that's a lot of fun research because i i like doing that too where you can look through uh you know warden source books or readouts or something and you're going to find little tidbits somewhere Yep. That's a yep. lot of fun to dig. So then how does how does that process go? Is that like a hey, here's a unit that doesn't have anything painted on the website and I, you know, I have a uh like the written example of it from somewhere, so I I feel like painting it or is it more of, you know, Ray or somebody will get a hold of you and be like, "Hey, we need a a you know, we need a a white Kodiak." Or, I I don't know. <laughs> Um, so the, the short answer is yes, all of the above. So sometimes our taskings for CSO come from Ray or CGL or whatever, like, and they work through Ray, where he's kind of our, kind of our, you know, vector for all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he's like, Hey guys, um, we want to have this unit sorted out. Um, you know, who wants to take it on? Uh, that'll happen from time to time, or there'll be a, you know, we have a whole, we have a whole roster on CSO, of, you know, unassigned units that don't have anything fiction wise whatsoever, or they're a new unit that doesn't have anything that's, you know, it's mentioned somewhere and like, all right, well, that's a placeholder. And maybe the, maybe CGL is going to get to it. Maybe Ray's going to get to it. Maybe we're going to get to it before they do. Um, you know, the, the, there's a lot of, I guess there's a lot of moving parts with that, but it's thankfully they're slow moving. So the, the fun part about, you know, CSO is if I find a unit's unassigned and I feel like painting that unit and I come up with it, you know, I've, I've got to do my research, figure it out. Hey, is this, is this something that's, you know, unique or at least something that would make sense? Cause you know, you, after a while you're like, okay, it's okay for these guys to be blue and white. It's just gotta be a different blue and white than the Lear and regular, you know, Lear and guard or something. Like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, you know, you get it. You, you obviously not going to step on the biggest stuff, but, um, and then once you figure that out, you've got to write up as a CSO, you got to write up the actual description and it needs to be short, but also, descriptive enough to where it's not misinterpreted and that gets reviewed we do periods you know and again then it gets proposed uh and all that has to get you know run up the up the chain and back down and all that and if it's good to go then we're good if it's not and it gets edited great 
if it gets you know inputs like hey we want you to include this then we work with that too like okay hey we need a blood red stripe along the left shoulder of every mech and a turret of every tank okay cool well you know it's, you know I, i'm i'm not grabbing at anything specific here but the whole process is not a i want these guys to paint their dudes yellow with blue lightning bolts it's like okay well that's cool but you know why or what's the you know what's the right behind it and not everything needs to have a specific reason but the the overall process is not just a wow oh, these things would look cool and you know hey guys we're going to do this now and then that becomes the official yeah, there's a lot there's a lot that goes on behind it it's it's you know a lot of eyes gets are on each of those when they happen and then we leave the open unassigned units as well for folks that want to apply because they have to at least do one unassigned unit so they have to do exactly what I just talked about. Where they have to figure out, hey, does this make sense? I'm going to do, or I'm sorry, unrepresented unit. I'm sorry, they do have a canon scheme, but they're not, there's not a actual, there's a description. But for me, I was talking about one that was a no description, starting from basically square one. But for units that aren't represented on camo specs, because, you know, there's thousands of them, uh, you know, hey, no one's painted the, you know, whatever unit of mercenaries yet. And it says that they use this color and this color. It's like, well, you have to do one of those as an applicant to have your application reviewed and accepted. So um, it, it kind of familiarizes you with the, hey, you need to follow the, this description and make sure it fits. You need to you know, apply all, you know, dot all the I's and cross the T's and all that good stuff. So um, it's, it's not as uh, glamorous as you think. You know, it's like, oh man, I'm gonna make this thing look cool and you know, all these glowing you know flames and effects and stars and you know all that stuff but um it is it is pretty cool that that exists because you know it's fun when you make something and then you see other people paint it uh you know or it gets made official and then recognized somewhere in a book you know the text is there and you're like cool that's neat i did that <laughs> i love seeing steel oh. viper also even though i didn't actually pick the colors i was the first one to paint it and have it posted up on the website like here's the example and now the you know the black knight fighting off the steel vipers and uh, devil's bath is i was like man every time i see it I was like that's cool i had a little bit of a part in that you know i didn't make the artwork but that looks really neat so ryan uh have you noticed and maybe this is all cso artists or maybe just you but i've noticed ever since the new models have come out the painting has gone up as well is that well, because the new models are just you know, upgrading themselves. They're so much better. The lines are deeper. There's so much more to paint. And you guys have like a brand new playground to play on or, or has, has your game upped itself with the new models as well? I think it's probably a little bit of both. The, the models are definitely a much more enjoyable to paint. I mean, you know, mold lines are mold lines. That kind of stinks when it comes to plastics and stuff, but, um, I prefer working with plastic over metal. That doesn't mean I don't have any of the metal left. It's just, it's easier to, to work with, to clean and to modify, man. Cause I like to cut stuff up and move it around and do all that kind of stuff. But the, uh, the models though, because they've been, so they've been scaled up. So a little bit bigger makes a lot of difference when it comes to what you can show off. You know, I mean, look at the, uh, you know, the size difference on some of the models between, you know, like, wow, that scale seems kind of off. And now everything is, you know, it, computer, you know, used with a computer, it was yeah. designed in a CAD program. And it's, it's scaled appropriate. You know, you, you may not, you know, agree with it necessarily, but that's because you had the kind of the off, you know, the, the done by, you know, did that looks about right for the last several years. 
So I think the between that and then the uh, first the the detail the, like the intention was to make those those mechs look more detailed to be a better looking and uh, you know uh, intriguing model. So that when you put paint on it, it looks cool because you know deeper lines and recesses show shadows, natural shadows, and then they accentuate the ones you paint on. So you're going to have that kind of better contrast effect, which makes a model look better. It always makes a model look better. I don't know yeah. if there's such a thing as too much contrast. I'm not getting into that one. <laughs> but the but the overall the overall effect uh, result of these newer models being done is that you have more to work with. So if you have more to work with, you have more to show off. And you're going to see a lot of that. Now, on the other side of it, it's popular. A lot of people wanted to buy them. Everyone's grabbing them. Everybody that people that weren't into BattleTech or that or were out of BattleTech for forever are coming back to them, which means the pool of talent has gotten bigger, or at least it's been filled with more people that are able to paint really well. So you're seeing these folks that are just, you know, doing these phenomenal paint jobs. I love it. I, I mean, I, this, you know, I don't want into BattleTech to be the best BattleTech fan. I'm into BattleTech because I love BattleTech and I enjoy the hobby. Uh, painting, gaming, all of that. So when I see somebody do something cool, I'm like, that is just epic. And it's, I mean, it's, it's models that I like. It's not a, a different game. It's Battletech. So, you know, when, when folks like that are putting those things on the forefront and it's popular, man, I, it's, it's, it's cool. It's definitely cool to see yeah. a little like Battletech renaissance right now. And I'm loving <laughs> it. They definitely hit the park out of the models because I'm seeing a lot of people just going, Damn, that looks cool! Like, and and they're very good painters. I've I've got a very good painter friend of mine from the X Wing world, and he picked he picked up a set, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to town on these things." And I'm like, "Well, make sure to send me the pictures when you're done, because it's kind of my thing, you know." <laughs> um, he he said they the models are all awesome, so um, it's just good to see that one good decision from you know the the top up is just influencing. In, influencing a lot of other stuff and that's that's just awesome yeah i'm sure cat uh cso is going to be able to pick and choose a lot a lot from a lot more recipients uh than before so we've we've definitely had a lot more people applying than we've had and i attribute part of that is that we got the website finally you know redone and re-upped and all that which is great and then it can i mean like I, I mean it's not like i had the timing you know, figured out it. We, we had no idea that the Kickstarter was going to be as popular. We figured it would be popular, but with the momentum now that BattleTech has and the new models that are being released outside of the Kickstarter and the new Kickstarter announced and all of that, there's there's so much of the pro, you know new content and product on the horizon. You know, for the foreseeable future, it's not going to just you know kind of wither and, and die away, or it's not going to be a one product and now it's off the shelf and it gets you know forgotten in the back shelves if you can even find it on ebay but that all really just kind of you know hey if it's what serendipitous there we go that's my scrabble word for the day you know <laughs> I, I'm, I'm super happy that we had a video you know or a youtube channel and our website working and then we had all this stuff drop and you know people are asking about BattleTech and wanting to see more and now people that you know have like no no kidding legitimate like popular hobby channels on youtube or twitch streams or whatever or painting battle tech stuff so it's like this is cool this is finally fun to not have people just think oh battle tech's a dead game that old people play and I'm like well nope it's not and you know the you could argue i guess you hear the argument oh the models aren't as good as it and it's like well you're paying five bucks a piece for these things if you know or maybe seven at retail with tax if you're you know really paying you know at the you know 
the full price level, but I don't know where else you can get a, a miniature for seven bucks and, and have it look that good. And then you take those, that box of miniatures and you're playing a, a full size game, you know? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's fun. There's options. I mean, you know, the, the, the universe is massive. If you can't find something that you enjoy, then you're either not trying or you're just that one weird person that just isn't into it. And then you've got options to play the game. You've got full classic battle tech. You've got the quick start rules. You've got alpha strike, you know, and then you can add the, you know, all the insane detail rules, you know, all added on. If you want to play all of that, or scale it down because you want to play a little faster and get it done or go all the way over into alpha strike and do the massive battles with your buddies and be done in a few hours. And, and, you know, it's just, you know, violent death for everyone. And it's fun. You know, if you, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though, is if you want to play a game the way you want to play it, there are other people that will play it with you. Battletech has a solid, solid foundation with that. And people, like I said, are coming back to it saying, oh, I used to play that. I want to play back into it now because they got new models or, you know, my buddies are playing it because it's easy to get to. It's in the, I mean, even freaking Barnes and Noble, you know, like well, never in a million years that I think that was going to happen. Never would have so, thought that would have happened. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I'm I'm grateful that I'm around to see that kind of stuff. And then with all the new stuff that they've lined up, I mean, you're going to see more and more people painting awesome battle tech miniatures for sure. I got, I got oh, like one more often, question. Okay. Hold on. on. One more question. Whose idea was it to do the diorama long video with the voiceover with some people that we may or may not know? <laughs> uh, because those are brilliant. I love we, those. So this was what are you talking about? The, the first one? Well, well, second, I mean, just just the con just the concept of so, doing it. Well, we were bummed that obviously the pandemic happened and we couldn't go and do. I mean, I love going to Gen Con not because I go to play a game. I love just meeting people that I don't get to see and you know walking through. You know, the I mean, even though the vendor stands are not that. You know, it's like okay, I'll still do it every day. I still do it every day, even though I've already seen those. But I'm gonna go through it again and then walking around tables of games that I have no idea about what's going on because it's just intriguing to me and I want to maybe see what other people do. And I've you know I've played you know in some of those games and stuff gen con is great it's a social experience and social experiences were off limits so that sucked and we're like well guys what can we do like i mean i, I mean during 2020 i painted more than I'd ever painted in my life so, <laughs> um you know so the they were like well we're all i mean we're able to do that and i'm like well hey guys maybe we could try doing a video so between dale and evan and i we kind of was like hey can we make this kind of work and then we're like we we hey can we do a video knowing it's going to be a video not you know because we there's no physical gen con and we you know we talked about it chatted about it, logistics kind of figured it out like all right there's a lot of moving pieces there's a lot of deadlines that, that are no kidding have to be met because i don't know if you know this but not every gen con diorama is done well before gen con some of them are done some of them are done at gen, at con. gen con the morning <laughs> of oh, i know <laughs> invariably somebody gets something shipped and, and the, the post office Destroyed. or UPS or FedEx decides to play football with it before they hand it over. And of course it's the most fragile miniatures of, you know, ask poor Augustine about some of that. Or, I mean, I, honestly, it's happened to pretty much all of us. We send something in you get it through the mail and you're just like, oh, I can't believe this. You, no matter how good you wrap, you can wrap it in a pound of feathers and bubble wrap in a, a box big enough for a, a old tube television and they're still going to find a way to just just destroy it. So anyway, um, so some of that, I mean, I mean, shoot, I think that the what uh, Andrew, I think you bought one of the miniatures from from the 
<laughs> Gen Con where one, I was still have I bought one? Have I bought uh, one? <laughs> I think you bought a couple of them. I painted them at the convention because they still weren't done. I was. I think it won this half of the diorama. Diorama, I'll take. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so you know that was the thing that I was bringing. I was like, "Hey guys, we can't mess around with this." And of course, invariably, all plans don't survive the first five minutes of actual employment. And uh, I was up until I think three or four in the morning getting that video edited the day of the day it was supposed to be. Wow. <laughs> Um, now, thankfully, I had already had text do the, the the narration, and all I was doing was the editing. But I needed the the film, or still, we tried. We were going to do a video, like a like a video pass, or whatever. And Dale tried that, and it didn't work out. So I was like, all right, we'll just do stills. Um, so we had all the miniatures were sent to Dale, and then Dale had the terrain board set up and everything. And it was, I mean, we were up late, like, and we were like messaging <laughs> each other, like, hey, man, I know it's like two in the morning because we're all on the East Coast, or he's on te- in Texas. So thankfully, it, it gave me a you know a little bit extra time, but. Um, so that all like came together and I was like, okay, if we ever do this again, I'm not going to do a last minute for narration. I'm not going to do a last minute for pictures. I'm not going to do a last minute for me. So this last one, honestly, everybody had all of their timestamps pretty well. And I was like, we had the videos ready to go. The only thing that we didn't have that was, uh, kind of brought up last minute that I didn't anticipate was different languages. And then I was like, well, we have guys that speak different languages and we got folks that were willing to do so. Like I did that last minute just because I was like, I was done with everything else as far as the edit. I did all the editing, all the, you know, photo collection. I wrote the, you know, or at least collaborate on some of the scripts to get them sent out. Obviously, Charles, you participated. We appreciated that. I didn't um, know Charles was bilingual. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, nope. nope. I mean, August, <laughs> nope. August, you know, we got August fluent in Spanish and we had a couple of German uh, fluent speakers. We had one, I think, was correcting the subtitles for Polish. I mean, I was... I wanted to make it as available to everyone as possible because we're like, okay, second year of no Gen Con, this is getting ridiculous. You know, let's let's try to, you know, have a little fun with it. Plus, we had you know four of them instead of just one. It was like, hey guys, we got more time to to get this done. So that one though, there was much more buy-in from everyone as far as the CSO team was concerned. Everybody wanted to kind of participate. So we had a lot of miniatures done. We had cool boards painted. Uh, you know, photography, you know, a lot of revisions and review, Hey, shoot this, change that or whatever. And everybody did a lot. I mean, a lot more work than you'll ever hear people say that they did for those videos to get done. Uh, But man, it was really cool having people, you know, say, Hey, this is awesome. This looked really neat. We really enjoyed it too. Cause we're doing, Hey, we're doing a reveal each day for Gen Con. Like we we love doing that kind of stuff. That was fun. I personally, for me, I think that should be a staple for I, CSO is no do way. a video before Gen Con. No way. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I do have to have the time off from that. Uh, I mean, and that was me planning ahead going, okay, well, if there's two weeks window between now and when Gen Con starts, somewhere in there, I'm going to get four or five days where I can get this done. And it worked Whoa. out. But um, Do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin, Kevin's going to start doing some video. I know he's starting to film stuff. He's dipping his toe into video creation. And I know, you know, Fanjoy, Dale, um, you know, there's, it, you can't make someone do it. It's not required for CSO to, to be able to do that. And plus there's a lot of upfront cost and a steep learning curve. You know, you film well, something, you find out the lights overexposed or the or audio didn't record. It, like, you just like, oh, you got to do it over again. So, I mean, I went to school for this, but I don't want to, I don't want to, raise my hand and say i'll do it but damn it that was so cool i am yeah. not saying it'll be the last video we ever do um i'm not going to talk about what we're doing for this gen con but the 
you know, the whole point of, of us, you know, doing CSO stuff is to have people be like, oh, that's really cool. We're glad you did that. So we'll see what we get this year. You got to uh, give us a nugget. Just a nugget. <laughs> a uh, nugget. I'm actually painting miniatures for this. Oh, you want to be flyer originals? Can the nugget? Can the nugget be that Brent doesn't get them all? Oh, yeah. totally. Because yeah. I was only able to get a pouncer out of that that last one. Man, how about CG? How about employees don't get first dibs? Let's let's Man. let's Boom. let's do that rule. There was a really awesome one, a couple, uh, I mean, a Turkina-ish one a couple uh, years back. It was a literally a Turkina DFA in. I really wanted that one, and of course, Brent got it. So Yeah, that and, was sold before it even left the packaging, from what I heard. So Ed, Ed, uh, Captain Ed's the one that sold that one. So. Sold. And the <laughs> I barely and got, I barely got a pouncer out of that. Yeah, I tried to get everybody because I when the sales thing started, I was like, you know, people get wanting to buy these eBay or not eBay, but these these miniatures from us, and I was like, well, we kind of tend to like wait till after the convention and we put them up on eBay. And I was like, why are we giving eBay money for this? And then you know, of course, the whole like BattleTech serious folks that can go to get Gen Con do, and I'm like, well, why are we taking extra steps to do the same thing? So, hey, what about trying to sell stuff at the convention for folks that painted stuff and want to sell it to either for themselves or for the CSO fund or whatever? Let's let's see if we can make that happen. And you know, yeah. it was a, it was a lot of work for me when I was there at Gen Con to do. To <laughs> and I was like, guess what? I'm not doing next year. So the the long and the short of it was like, look, I've got to be. I want to be equitable. I want to be fair. But at the same time, you know, you're there. There's going to be a little bit of a, a preference. For first dibs on like hey i know brent's gonna buy some stuff you know or whatever <laughs> but um but you know that's the the whole point of us doing it though was to hey guys we do sell this stuff we want to make it available there's not always enough to go around of course you know we wish we had more or whatever but you know you can't make everyone happy however look at some of the stuff that sold on ebay the last couple the last month or so that was from gen con right from the diary like from two, the two, artists 200 plus for some of these miniatures and I even, I even bought some of your, some of your miniatures like the <clears throat> uh, Wolfhound, a Wolfhound that was painted as a two C Grinner model. That was one of the original metals. Uh, you sure it was mine? I don't think I painted a, it's on the diorama. I'm sure. Oh, oh yeah. Just a, just a, it's fine. Oh, CSO. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I think you know, it was just like a regular, it wasn't a CSO one. Okay. Well, so you know you can't make everyone happy you got guys like you know people are busy at gen con playing games and stuff like hey guys come over and find me and it's like if i'm not there or whatever but the you know it was like okay well, there's got to be a better way to do this otherwise it's you know people are getting frustrated and we're just like all right well we're gonna figure out how to let folks try to do what we want and we put we andrew kinda, in charge we, of it yeah right <laughs> i will take this is that. mine I, right <laughs> i've bought I've bought enough of this stuff in the past years that I probably should take a year off, especially well, after the, especially after this one. So bipartisan, there you're you're unbiased. Then other people can have a chance. <laughs> Walks up and is like, if I buy the board, how much are the mechs that come with it? <laughs> is there a package deal? <laughs> yeah. Now, now Ryan, we mentioned 
start wheeling oh. and dealing as soon as I see him start setting up because <laughs> I usually end up helping to set up a little bit. And, and then on the side is like, hey, uh, anybody spoken for this lance yet? Anybody got this one? <laughs> yeah, it, it pays to know people in that regard. And I don't like, yeah. like I said, I don't like that that's how that goes. So we definitely tried to make it as equitable, at, at least initially. And uh, I think now it's kind of like, hey, guys, figure out what's going to be for sale. And then we'll... Yeah. You know, if you want yeah. to put it out on eBay, that's fine. I, I I hate doing that, but it's one of those where I just feel there's people that are going to really be put off by, oh, I didn't get a chance to get them, even though they said they were going to be available. And it's like, okay, now it's kind of almost inducing like a limited store, you know, or limited yeah. availability type of yeah. product. And people really don't like that because there's only one winner. So, well, uh, half the people that go to Gen Con don't even know you could buy that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, so, that's probably good. <laughs> we have enough people already. I mean, like any miniature we want to sell from the Gen Con diorama, it can be sold uh, without too much effort, uh, especially now with the. Well, they know now. <laughs> oh no! Right. I no! I tried on that uh, exploding uh, Mad Cat from uh, Bushido's diorama from last year, and yeah, you say it's easy, but you have to pry it out of his hand, and that's the hard <laughs> yeah. part because he's not letting right. that one go. <laughs> yeah. If I like the miniature that I painted, you're gonna have to pry it out of my hands. <laughs> and it's not because I don't want people to enjoy the stuff that I did, but sometimes, like you know, I get a lot of enjoyment out of the hobby, and I, I mean, I have four glass cases over here with stuff that I painted, and most of it is not gonna get sold to anyone because it's mine, and it's not a you know, ha ha, you can't have it type of thing. It's but like there are plenty of people out there that are very proud of the work that they've done, and mine? they. Enjoy having it on display yeah yeah no that was not a dig at kevin at all because like looking at it the reason i wanted it was because it was so awesome but yeah. also then he's the one who put all the time and effort like you know a little piece of himself into the paint so yeah. if he doesn't want to give that piece of himself up i can i totally respect that so Ryan, yeah. how often does the stuff in the glass case get on the tabletop? So See, I, Aaron, got don't to me that. I wanted to ask you how, how often. How often do you play? Uh, so I tried playing a little more before the pandemic, like you know, once every month or other month or whatever. BattleTech wise, I have other games that I enjoy playing too. But um, I have, like I said previously mentioned from our our. Uh, pre-show con uh, content was that uh, I have a three-year-old and when he was when he was zero I had extra time <laughs> uh, and it's it's trickled off and of course you know I do enjoy time spent with him and he you know he thinks it's you know he looks interested in stuff in the case which terrifies me but the uh, <laughs> they're, they're locked we're okay we're okay I was, was going to uh, say slapping on the gas on the a lock on the door is what you should be putting a lock on uh, it's that age where I got to spend more time teaching him how to grow up as a person than spend time in my office playing with little plastic men. Um, and it's it's not a, you know, I'm not digging on people to paint, obviously, because I enjoy doing it, but it has dwindled. Uh, well, pandemic, first off, that prevented a lot of it. Uh, of course, I have a couple of close friends that live out here, around here, and we, you know, we would game from time to time. And then now, you know, I we just moved. So, my I mean, my office is not even half unpacked yet i still have like shelves to build i have ceiling fans to hang i've got all kinds of honeydew list things to get done I was say, uh, weren't you scheduled like last year or something like that for the podcast <laughs> it, it like, was I'm moving 
that's more of a conflict with yeah between that and what really my month-to-month schedule that changes all the time and i can't always guarantee i'm gonna be off on the third sunday of every month for anything but um it just between moving and everything else it i have not played a game of battletech in about eight or nine months um not that i couldn't have but it just wasn't it wouldn't have been smart (laughs) so um but no i i do i i mean i'll admit right now i've taken some of my my high-end painted models and i've they've seen the table I'm not afraid to use most of what I've painted and put them on the table. So, so just letting you know, that's you right there. Yeah, I see that. This is our <laughs> list from 2021. <laughs> that we made for guests. <laughs> now, Ryan, you mentioned a CSO fund. Is yep. that is there a way that people can help support you guys? Or is it just like solely by buying the minis that people are selling and stuff like that? Yeah, so at, on, in every video in the description at the very end of it, there's a little uh, you know blurb about hey, if you like the content, and you want to help support us financially, you can donate to the CSO fund, which is it's just a PayPal page. So CSO in and of itself is all volunteer funded. We pay for the website, we pay for the anything and everything you see. We don't have any sort of like fiscal association in any way with CGL. So all of that is on us. So the YouTube um content that we do it's the reason there's ads is because the youtube revenue we get from that goes directly to CSO. i'm not sitting here like buying myself like miniatures and stuff with the it's not a lot but you know (laughs) the money that comes in from the youtube channel um but it, it goes directly to our cso fund which funds projects like dioramas or projects where we have to purchase say a print like a printed production model or a pre-production model or whatever like you know some of those you know the, the guy that's printing them needs to be paid for what he's doing to print them if he's authorized to do it then we got to pay him to do it and then shipping uh and then when we do cso auctions on like ebay or whatever if it says specifically you know cso fund or or whatever it'll say specifically that it's for us to add to that um that's what that's where that keeps the website running it keeps our projects funded uh we don't use it for like hotel rooms and, and meals or anything like that was that that's you know it's not like i'm going to gen con on the cso fund ticket or anything like that it's it's all content related so if we need to send out you know 10 packages of miniatures to artists to paint for the gen con diorama that money that's spent to do that does not come out of the poor guy that has them all sent to him he gets reimbursed for all that and then you know that's just comes out of the kitty for that so um you know, and then, like I said, it keeps, we pay for website upgrade, all that stuff that we did a, you know, a fundraiser, we did a raffle or whatever, a few, several years back for the CSO to, to raise money for the website to get the, you know, web developer to web designer to get that all updated. I mean, it, we've spent a lot of money that we've either raised or, or earned through sales and, and YouTube revenue to put the website up to where it is now. And of course, we'd love to do more and we'll, we'll keep striving to improve. We have, plans for upgrades and like that it's just you can't do it all at once with the with the budget that we have but um it's growing we're doing great we're getting i think we're above eight or nine thousand subscribers on youtube and um you know we we have a consistent uh, source of, of revenue there even though i'm not doing exactly you know on time content all the time i knew that was going to happen with me a disruption with my my uh, house move and everything but I'm, i'd like to get back to hopefully one video a month and especially if kevin or one of the other artists kind of starts able to supplement that then we'd definitely be able to hopefully try to get like at least one a month uh, that's my goal is to always have one video a month but i know i'm 
not able to do it all the time. And it's just, you know, real life happens and it's going to take priority. Right on. That's a good schedule. Good goals. Go contribute to camo specs online. Yeah, that's the, that's the fund. Yeah. Fund at CSO.com. I believe is the, is the actual web address. But uh, if you go to any of the YouTube videos in the description at the bottom, it's there. Don't, don't write down what I just said. Take it. To that one is exactly <laughs> Just go watch one of the videos of paint drying that you have already all watched and just go hit the fun button. All right. This history brief will be brought to you by Charles Gideon with uh, help from Aries Games and Miniatures. On this episode of WolfNet History Briefs, the day the entire inner sphere stood up and in one voice said, No. Hello WolfNet and welcome to this installment of WolfNet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Here we go. This month we return to the capital world of the clans, Stranamecti, where we find two men facing each other in an open field. The two couldn't have been more different. The first was a giant of a man with tight muscles stretched over his large frame. The other was a man whose infamously small stature was even more accentuated by his opponent's size. One had been bred for war and rose to the highest position of all the clans. The second born into the highest nobility, but chose the path of the warrior. What brought them to this point was a decade of war. The recent events that led to this moment started on the 12th of April, 3060 when the defense forces of the Second Star League jumped into the Stranamecti system. After the forces of Task Force Serpent and Operation Bulldog destroyed the Clan Smoke Jaguar forces on their home planet of Huntress, the decision was made to bring the fight directly to the rest of the clans. The thought was to strike at the other clans before they could distance themselves from the destruction of the Jaguars. The point needed to be made that the Inner Sphere was bringing the fight to all the clans against all who supported the invasion of the Inner Sphere, or, as the clans know it, Operation Revival. Following the precedent set during the Battle of Tukiad, the invading SLDF was granted SAFCON, and the leaders of the SLDF and clans met to make preparations for battle. In clan custom, a vote made by the clan council could be refuted by a member of the minority voting bloc. To resolve the conflict, they use one of the six trials laid out by Nicholas Kerensky, the trial of refusal. Now, the Star League had no right to claim the use of a trial. After all, they were not a voting member of the clan council and therefore had no grounds to overturn the vote for the invasion. What they did have was ideological advantage. Not to say that they had an innate righteousness, far from it. But what they had was a dilemma the clans, specifically the Crusader faction, could not find their way out of. Either they put their self-proclaimed birthright up for referendum, or deny the trial request based on the Star League having no standing. The first option came with the risk of losing. Not only the battle, or the right to wage war against the Inner Sphere, but the framework they had built their culture around leading up to the invasion. The second option meant they would be labeled as fraud warriors, playing at politicking, or worse, as cowards. So it was settled that each of the eight Crusader clans would field a binary to face a company of Star League attackers. And so, 
On the 23rd of April, the forces met at their designated locations on Stranamecti to decide the fate of the Inner Sphere and the clans. But unlike previous battles between them, this time there would be no grand deceptions, no preparations, just a series of battles pitting warrior and machine against each other. Things began well for the Star League forces as the Genyosha, Red Lancers, and Third Dracones defeated the Blood Spirits, Fire Mandrels, and Hell's Horses respectively. Adding to these victories, the newest force of the Star League, Clan Novacad, who had offered their forces only days before, defeated the Ice Hellions. On the clan side, the Jade Falcons and Star Adder soundly defeated Comstar and the first Free World Guards through clever use of their chosen terrain. Clan Wolf and the St. Ives Lancers fought to a draw after Khan Vlad Ward narrowly lost a duel against Kai Allard Liao. And finally, during these concurrent battles, Victor Steiner Davian and members of the 10th Lyran Guard and the 1st Cathal Ulans faced off against the very last of the Smoke Jaguars, who were led by Ilkhan Lincoln Osis. When the outcome of this battle was a far-gone conclusion, Osis approached Victor's mech and removed his elemental armor. Victor dismounted to meet him, and afterwards were exchanged, he turned to leave. Osis, whose values were challenged beyond the breaking point, charged Victor, and was cut down by Victor's sword, bringing the trial and the invasion to an end. After seeing his clan destroyed and his life's purpose ripped away, the supreme leader of the clans spilled what would be the last blood of the clan invasion. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. That was History Brief with Charles Gideon, brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures. Hey, we're back with Ryan Peterson as our special guest. A uh, couple last questions before we uh, roll on. Here was one of the fun ones. What's the hardest part of a mini to paint? Hmm. And you can't I say mean, the base. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, the part that doesn't get painted. Uh. I mean, you could argue that the base is difficult because you can paint a miniature and not know how you want to base it, and then... You, or you think you want to make it look one way, but it doesn't really jive with the color scheme. But True. that being said, you know, not that I've ever had that problem. <laughs> um, I have. You know, it, it, depending on the, the pose, obviously, you know, you're trying to hold the miniature one way and get a good angle and, and paint something that, you know, it's, it's visible, but it's not easy to reach with the brush, you know. So it's, it's kind of situational, but... Um, you know, I, I mean, it seems like no matter what I do, I always end up screwing up somewhere like between the legs. <laughs> if that makes any sense. You know, I'll be trying to put a detail on one side and then I'll I'll do something real quick. And then I'll five minutes later, I look over like, how did I get blue paint on the white over on the other other leg? It's like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Invariably something something just, you know, dumb like that. I think, in fact, my last video where I did the uh, Shalone. I even talked about it. I was like, and when you get paint on this side over here, you got to wipe it off. <laughs> it's like, don't do what I just did. That, uh, that, I mean, that Shilone is fabulous. Well, thank Absolutely you. fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, uh, no, I, it makes me feel good, though, just no, hearing you say that because I've been painting an archer and literally probably three hours on this on this archer, and I looked at it, and I did, like, one whole side of it's, like, uh, 
uh, like groin piece, you know, like its hips. Totally not painted. I don't oh. know how I spent three hours <laughs> painting this thing, and that was still primer gray. I don't know. So You're missing half your britches. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, and or yeah, I'm 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 painting, and then I flip it over, and I don't remember putting that color there, but it's it's there apparently. I don't know. Get well, careless I mean, with the brush, but yeah, it, it, we've all been there for sure. I mean, you know, I forgot to paint stuff, and I move on to the next step, and I'm like, wait a minute why is this not looking right? You know, I just, you know, invariably, or like I said, more often than not, I find paint in the place it shouldn't be. And I was like, I'm putting that there. So they get there. What are you doing? So, uh, you know, usually it's when I'm painting too late and I'm sometimes, you know, there are good days and bad days to paint. I've had days where I try to do details or something, whatever. And I end up, I was like, this is not going well. And I, there have been times I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stop. Because um, if it's frustrating or you're just not, you know, you're not with it or you make other stuff on your mind, you know, any reason, you know, it's, it's not, all, you know, just because you, you do a hobby to relax doesn't mean you have to do the hobby to relax. That's so, right. It's Sometimes making... it's that mood is not right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We all have off days and, you know, that's unfortunately you just kind of, hopefully you recognize it before you get halfway through a miniature and like, this isn't even close to what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, just like you were talking about, sometimes that last brushstroke will just ruin it. It's like, ah, maybe I'll wait till tomorrow or next week. So another question was, um, where do you see um, miniature painting going uh, for techniques? Yeah, I I'm really... really... Oh, oh sorry. Ahead. I just wanted to... Oh, because oh, please, I, I had originally, uh, I guess the intent of that question is like, if you look on the CSO website and you see like the some of the original stuff, and then you look at stuff that you know people have put up there in the last couple of years, like there's a, I don't know, like I feel like there's a big gulf of difference in technique between what what was like the kind of mini standard paint compared to now. Like now it's just so much further along. I feel like. Oh, and you're you're absolutely correct. I mean, you can draw parallels between other game systems too. Look at 20 years ago with Games Workshop or any other you know manufacturer. The miniature standard, as well as the paint standard, completely different. And it doesn't mean that back then it was wrong. It's just that's what it was. Uh, between techniques, mediums, and all kinds of different uh, you know available products that are specifically you know aimed at hey here's how you paint a miniature with this product you know it's meant to make things better easier look you know look all like they're you know professionally painted or to get to that level like with uh contrast paints that have come out or things like exactly. that exactly right and that's i mean i try to show a wide variety of things on my channel i say my channel not on the cso channel <laughs> it's not my channel it's yours part of yours <laughs> <laughs> The preponderance of content is my content, however, comma, it is a CSO channel, and, and there are videos from other painters on there. So, um, But the like, to get back to the question, you know, I think because, you know, it used to be, hey, paint the color, put a wash on it, dry brush it, throw a decal, do a little bit of this or that or whatever. That was 20 years ago, for sure, and that was fine. And we even have on the website, we even say, hey, there are miniatures on here that would no longer meet the standards of Battletech CSO applicants. And that's oh, fine. yeah. Right. And it's not because we would lose a, lot of, a bunch of content, but, you know, we're not going to go and just nerf, essentially, a bunch of stuff that artists did years ago right. that was absolutely perfectly acceptable. So 
Where do I think it's going, though? You're going to see a lot more of the oils, the blendings, the the uh, glazes, and the some of the products that you're seeing now, like Contrast or the new Armor Painter Speed Paints. And some uh, were um, ca- um, charcoal or um, powders, too. Yeah, pigments as well. Yeah, pigments, um, yeah. you know things like that so oil washes a lot of stuff that it's harder to do on some of the smaller models but a lot of those things are still applicable and there there is more content tutorials and examples of those things available to us to see and use and then employ on battletech miniatures so um you know i try to i try to like that i show a wide variety of like hey here's how you do dry brush stuff here's how you do contrast paints here's how you do you know, middle level type stuff. And then of course, like the Shalom stuff like that's like, Hey, I'm going full. This is CSO level right here, you know? And, and I want to show all of that because yeah, there's a wide variety of painters watching the channel that want to learn, see where they can, you know, what they can do, where they could get to, or what they want to try to achieve at some different level. So, Would this be considered like, like with that question and the results of like the different generations or time periods or skills would it be like the current setting be like the new avant-garde of miniature painting style? Just like the new technique, the new, the basically the new process that builds from the the base the the base painting styles and the base um, advancement of that to like the new there's always a new technique there's always a new product and you know we just always talked about like the new avant-garde is a bunch of those put together sure and i mean the you know the popularity of some of those things and the availability of those products getting in you know when you see people paint you know like hey how'd you do that and they say oh well i used oils it's like well shoot i want to look into that because if that's something that I can do or something that I'm interested in doing to, to replicate, I'm probably going to follow up with that. And if it becomes, you know, something that I use as a staple, as a standard or whatever, then great. Or, you know, things like, you know, hey, I, I like to glaze with this medium and this particular paint line or whatever. It, it seems like that just really works well for me. And, and like there's, you know, and th- that's the other thing too. Oh, I use a wet palette or I don't use a wet palette or I use this yeah. thinner. Or I use, you know, or... I mean, I do most of my stuff with airbrush. That's where I get the majority of my work done. And I just do really, really, really thin glazes over the top of Zenithal. I mean, like there's so many different ways to go to, to really skin the cat when it comes to miniature painting. And while I think it's, it's definitely the, the, the new high level painting is it encompasses, you know, a very, a variety of those things, but the, the basic, you know, hey, I want to get my mechs painted and I want to go and play with them and I want them to look pretty cool. That's still, that's been consistent for the last, you know, 20, 30 years. It's just, you know, and that's not, it's not to knock it in any way, shape or form because there's many great paint jobs. I mean, what what I've seen though with dry brushing is folks using makeup brushes. And so you're getting, you're still using dry brushes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, but the result is so much more appealing. So A different applicator. Right. So it's, it's the same process but with a different tool to achieve a better result great let's let's go with that so you know i think that is makes the hobby much more approachable when something like, oh, i don't paint a lot of paint i don't paint very well but then they follow like three or four easy steps because like, hey, if you buy this this and this and you do these steps and you practice it a few times you get something pretty close folks are happy with that and, and they can surprise themselves and say hey yeah. i can start to 
do that what i want that's great right right and then maybe they say you know what i'm happy with this as well i paint or they decide i really want to get into it and they start you know getting into some of the more advanced you know types of techniques or products so yeah yeah oh go go ahead ahead. oh i was going to jump to the next one so sure okay well i was just going to say like um hypothetically let's say i suck at painting What's the like best single piece of advice you would give give me to get good? I like good it. I you spelled good. Yeah. G yeah. good. So, <laughs> I, I I let me let me preface that with I have never told a person that put work or effort into painting a miniature that whatever they did looked bad. And it's not because it didn't maybe look like, oh man, that's that's really great, but someone took the time and effort to reach out or branch into this hobby or to try something that they maybe didn't know how to do or had no specific coaching or examples to go off of. And they still did it. So someone tried, that's like kind of like making fun of a person that's out of shape at the gym. Like, why would you do that? They're there to do, you know what I mean? So, um, so when, but I always try to say, Hey man, you did great on this. You, you know, and if you want to try to branch out, you could try this. Or if, if you're not liking the result, maybe this method or what, whatever it might be. So while, you know, the, the one piece of advice, I think, is to understand that it's a it's a process. You know, you, you don't I mean, even folks, oh, man, that guy's really good at painting miniatures. He's only been painting miniatures for six months. And you can see his first miniature and his last miniature and they always look better than everything I've ever painted. Great. Whatever. Fine. You ever find somebody that's good at something they tried for the first time? cool. They exist. They're real, but I guarantee they could still improve. So you always start from a baseline, whether it's, man, this looks like I took uh, and dumped it in a pot of latex paint and uh, here it is, or man, that looks really good. What did you, you know, where did you learn to do that? And you're like, I don't know. I just, you know, some people see colors and theories and, and, and combinations better than others. And it's, it's just, you know, one of those things where you're like, man, that really ticks you off when somebody else is really good at that. But you know, it's, it's a process. So if you, if you expect to be outstanding or really good at it with your first result or to follow what somebody else does for the very first time, it's like, you know, man, I'm not going to rebuild an engine from the ground up by watching one YouTube video and expect it to be <laughs> yeah. perfect. So, and it, you know, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts literally and figuratively with that. There's a lot of things that you need to know how to do to build up to that level of competency to have the result be a functional or, you know, work out the way you want it to. So, uh, you know, really it's just about, understanding that painting needs to be something that you enjoy doing find you know either you know hey it's therapeutic or it's relaxing or it's something that you just really enjoy because it's a challenge and know that it if you continue with it there will be improvements now you know i can't promise you what those improvements will be but i guarantee from the start if you paint 10 miniatures the 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 first one's going to look a lot worse than the 10th one so, or I guess a more positive way to say it would be the 10th one's going to look a lot better than the first one. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I'm, what I'm, I, not in, I'm not in human relations or PR. I don't know what I'm doing. So what, what I, so what I pluck out of that is really maybe instead of telling myself I suck, I should just more accept and like enjoy the time I invested in it yep. and understand that I've gotten better, even if I don't feel like I've gotten better. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the first finishers I painted, I you know, if I hadn't got rid of them, like I think I painted some with like testers and enamels, and they look like garbage. But I'll admit, it's like I mean, and I'm not saying that like, oh, it looks like garbage compared to what I do now. It's like, no, it looked like garbage. <laughs> then, 
<laughs> and that's simply because it was the first miniatures that I or my brother had painted. And we're like, well, this is the best we can do starting out. I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of my recent work, but I promise you it doesn't look anything like the first miniature I painted. Pro because I, yeah. If you want to thicken your paint, use testers. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff won't come off at all. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nylon bristle brush and testers Ooh. paint. <laughs> if, if you would have um, an arch enemy, who would be your Lex Luthor in the painting world? Why would I want an enemy? <laughs> <laughs> or no, someone who challenges enemy, you. A nemesis. A nemesis. Who, now, so, who pokes at you and gets you to really want to I challenge yourself? I don't like to make image uh, presumptions, but I'm pretty sure Ryan's <laughs> got the Lex Luthor thing going on right now. So maybe it's who's his Superman. Oh, wow. No, come on, man. I'm not trying to take over the world or painting or... Uh, no, that's you know, okay. No, I so you're not supposed to get allowed. Yeah, you already had you already had the Freudian slip with my YouTube page. (laughs) It is what it is. I mean, the numbers don't lie. It's like, hey, here's another video by me, right? So, (laughs) plus I set up the channel. Uh, But no, like, I mean, you know, two years from now there might be. Three years from now, there might be three CSO painters not that are not me making YouTube videos. I don't know because we, we have plenty of people applying. We have people that want to do stuff. I mean, in fact, if someone saw that, like, oh man, I really want to make YouTube videos for CSO. I want to be a CSO artist so I can make YouTube videos. That would be, I mean, I'd be amazed. Now that doesn't Rubber mean they're not going to get in, but but you see what I'm saying? Like, there's there's different venues for people to contribute. Uh, even in, in even in amongst CSO, there you know you don't have to turn out a hundred miniatures a year to be in CSO. You can be oh. you know, paint really well and all that and then like you really like doing the diorama stuff or you like the content or you like i mean shoot you could be a freaking web designer on your hobby time and like man we'd love to have somebody like that or you know in fact i found out you know fanjoy does uh does you know kind of hobby you know music you know and i was like composing and i'm like when did you decide to tell me that oh like last year <laughs> not way back when we needed that music and i mean no, Dave's a great dude, um, and so immediately I threw his his music into some of the diorama videos for the last one. For the you know, he's like, I was like, this is great stuff. We'd love to have had more of this. You know, whenever you I make more, like, let me know. I feel like the CSO uh, also list every single other hobby you do. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess to get back to the the Lex Luthor, you know, Superman <laughs> moment. First off, I ain't, I am not Superman. Uh, I guess I mean, I'd have to throw a dart at either Dale or Kevin. And the reason is, is because Dale makes oil painting look effortless. However, Kevin digs deep into the paint and absolutely knocks it out of the park. And it makes me want to go like, dude, you're a freaking doctor with kids. And like, what am I doing wrong with my life where I don't have the time to paint now? <laughs> it's, so it's made up. It's yeah. totally made up. Right? He is on yeah. unemployment. He has no children. <laughs> Yeah. The guy lives in his mother's basement, basically. Yeah, I think Kevin would like to be my Lex Luthor. We could have like a nemesis. We could have like a nemesis triangle where they, they just all nemesis oh. each other. The problem is, is all I have to. I mean, I can already respond for him and be like, "Well, hey Ryan, how many miniatures have you painted this year?" <gasps> I, got, I got nothing. <laughs> I got one yeah. really good one. <laughs> one really good one. 
honestly, I think most of that stuff I painted last year, and I just finally got around to getting the videos done. So like Ryan's got like an Overlord well, dropship in the background, just like yeah, yeah, just wait. Legitimately, I've not painted a Battletech miniature in 2022. So, Ooh. yeah. Well, there's still time. I've not painted any miniature in 2022. I have nothing. This, this, all this stuff back behind me, all these boxes and stuff. That's all like new. Like I just finally got my paints on my desk. I, I mean. Yeah, I am. Well, uh, you know, excuses. Getting acclimated. Excuses. Right, exactly. That's exactly what he would say. He'd be like, hey, get good, noob. You 20 year old noob. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody on this cast, except yeah. for Andrew, has painted a miniature in 2022. He just gets gifted all these amazing pictures. Man, I know him so well. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it, I guess it counts for me with a rattle can. <laughs> I painted up all of my Apocalypse Venatori this year. I'm very proud of myself. I put decals on yesterday. Outstanding. Yeah. Again, on my list of things to do. I, I have a list, and it's not even a real list, but if it was, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, yeah, we all have that hobby backlog. I just wish I had more production on the opposite end of it. So, ah, uh, 2023 is going to be a banger year. I, I know it. Man, you're already saying I can't even finish up this year. <laughs> well, you, hey, you already said that, that you're going to have minis. Man. You already said you're going to have minis in the in the diorama. So yeah, I really hope that they're not the only ones I paint this year. Yeah. <laughs> two months. <laughs> I, I know. Three months, two months. I don't know. Yeah, well, I have a few of them built, so that's good. See, if you say 2023 and then you get one done in 2022, you look better. You're just like, oh, right. I told you right. I could get it. That's right. Well, any more questions for anybody? For Ryan? All right. Do you want to do some yeah. shout outs? Oh, yeah, Ryan. The three-year-old. Sure. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm not Again, you're more than so, welcome to stay as long as you want, but we want to make right. sure you get your shout outs in now. So sure, let's you go bet. ahead and do some shout outs. Ryan, you got any shout outs for anybody? Absolutely. So uh, shout out to my Lex Luthor. Kevin, I wish I wasn't being drugged through the mud wit. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, but no, great, great dude. Absolutely. Uh, he, he makes me a better painter because he'll, he'll bounce stuff off of me. I bounce stuff off of him. We chat all that good stuff, you know, as a friend of mine. So I'm happy to, happy to be uh, in the same group of uh, fellow artists as him. And it's amazing being able to work with the, him on some projects and stuff and have him mock me relentlessly about stuff that I, that I do or don't do. Uh, but I also get to rib him about not making video content for the last like year, even though he said he was going to. So there's a bit of a give and take on that. Well, we saw the camera set up. Yep. It's legit. It's happening. I was like, yeah, all right, let's do it. Get it on, man. It's great. And, and you know, when we did the Twitch stuff and we had guys, you know, doing that, you know, yes, he forgot to hit record, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've just all that, done that. Just, yeah. Most yeah. essential thing to do. I mean, yeah, I didn't know that one was coming at some point. He's going to hear this and he's going to get a chuckle out of it. So, mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> shout out to shout out to Kevin and then uh, shout out to anybody that's contributed to the CS, the fund at CSO.com, which is the uh, CSO fund that we use to fund all our projects to pay for Gen Con miniatures to pay for the terrain boards, to ship stuff out to the artists and then ship it back so that we're not incurring a lot of costs on the actual artists because CSO is a volunteer project. So I don't have control over that account. However, if you contributed to that, thank you very much for your support. I appreciate it. We're grateful. Any Anything and everything is always appreciated. 
If you don't and you just watch YouTube videos or stop by and say hi at Gen Con or throw us a comment over on the, on one of the Facebook pages or anything like that, we appreciate that as well. We love all fans of Battletech and everything Battletech as well. So, Well, we want to thank you very much for spending time with us, Ryan. We know you're a busy guy and we appreciate all you do. Hey, thank you very much. It's been, uh, been great being here. You guys are always uh, a fun time. I like listening to what y'all do. And thanks for including me on this one. I appreciate it. I had a great time. Is it thank as you. fun recording as it is listening? Only when it worked. <laughs> <laughs> only, only when fucking Craig doesn't screw up. And, you know, hey, it's all right. It's the it's business great. we're in. Honestly, it's great knowing I don't have to do any of the editing. So... It's all Aaron. Aaron yep. has to do it all. Yep. <laughs> I, I am. I am uh, done with my part, as it, as it were. Uh, so. Editing, yes, sir. I mean, we're no O two, but uh, I think I think we pump out a quality product. I agree. I agree. Keep me coming back, <laughs> at least for now. I'll I'll let you know what I think about this episode. There you go. There you go. I like <laughs> you that. Betcha. Have a great evening, sir. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you. Good night, Ryan. Good night. All right. And then we will continue on at uh, news and community, I guess. Yeah. Rajo. I got Craig back. <laughs> <laughs> So, Matt, you're still going to have to send me this file, which is going to be insanely large, but whatever. Well, I can give you a thumb drive, too. Mm. Mm-hmm. That'd probably actually be faster and more secure. Let's do that. <clears throat> Although I will not be available this Thursday. I can, I can drop it off tomorrow night in your mailbox or in the house or something, whatever garage. Perfect. Perfect. You can come back. You can come have a beer with me while I'm laying floor. <laughs> Not that kind of laying floor. Oh, the actual it's process of laying oh. new floor. I thought that was pipe. Well, if oh, <laughs> laying pipe, yeah, that's true. That's right. I got my, I got it mixed up. All right, we're coming back with news and community tabletop simulator progress. So we had our, uh, not our first, but our second uh, Thursday night throwdown on tabletop. Um, I thought it was a good success. Oh, 100% because we got... Um, uh, thank we got you, Gold Bishop, Gold Bishop. For, uh, for playing. Um, <laughs> not thank you to Squid <laughs> for trying to ruin the entire game. <laughs> he was just having fun with he making was miniatures. Just having fun. I he gotta made, give Squid he, shit. He scaled, he scaled some miniatures bigger, so they were like, you know, four feet tall and stomping on things along the picnic table. <laughs> and made some smaller. And uh, we had a little Easter egg hunt, which, whatever. Uh, thank you to, to all those guys. Um, we're going to ramp up the tabletop simulator. It's, it works. It, it, uh, I mean, we haven't gone through the full spectrum, but I, I would not be surprised to maybe run a tabletop simulator tournament some Saturday or Friday night or Saturday, probably or Sunday. Um, it can clearly handle 10 players. So if you have steam, 
it gives you the opportunity that if you can't physically get to a location that you can play someone right almost, almost anywhere in the world right which is cool and and yeah it's it's one of those things where if you want to learn how to play 350 but just don't have anybody to play with there you go uh and you don't need miniatures you don't need dice nope. uh, everything is on the table just need tabletop simulator and steam and most people have steam already so um steam's a free download i think tabletop is about 20 bucks give or take but sounds about right um i've played on it matt's played on it we tried it out with gold um i think other than maybe i think i think one of our biggest thing was it was a little slower i think but i think that was just because there was a lot of indirect fire and and you know one side had a lot of pieces to move the other pieces but but we'll we'll iron that out but right now we're we're still going to stick with the 80 minute clock um the terrain looked great you everything worked pretty well so we noticed um, some scaling with the terrain a little bit the the mechs need to get scaled that's our biggest thing or, and i, yeah, I will work on that so. Uh, an Orion is not supposed to be as tall as an Atlas. <laughs> well, actually, the hill terrain was wrong. That's what it was. Yes. So I need the, to. It was like half, to, a half ski. Yep. So I will get that changed. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of days. But uh, yeah, for everybody listening, there is a tabletop simulator version for Alpha Strike. You can use it for just regular Alpha Strike, but uh, a lot of the stuff is set up for the 350 tournament format. So. Um, Download it, have fun, uh, join the Discord. We have a tabletop simulator chat and voice chat. So uh, if you want to look for a game, hit, hit the Discord up and uh, just give it a shot. Uh, if you're learning, you want to learn how to three, play 350, that's a perfect, perfect uh, test bed for it. So uh, Ironwind Metals had some new releases. The Saxon! The Saxon is the release. Release the Saxon. Who who paid for that? Who's who put in for that? Anybody? I did. I did. 100%. The whole thing. Right out of my pocket. You can all thank me later. Is he on mute? No, he's not muted. Is he getting a hover from his wife? <laughs> is that why his camera's off? <laughs> I did not contribute for the Saxon. I did. 100%. All of it. Me. Aaron. Not Andrew. Aaron. The Coach Crawl. 100%. Um, looks like there's a Serrano gunship as well. Yeah, that, that actually looks uh, pretty good, I think. Um, I don't remember where I... Wait, what? Ray, Ray showed us that at uh, Rumble. Oh. oh, now he joins. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, because in the line art, I could see the Serrano Cyr- uh, going like way wrong in three dimensions, but yeah. pulled it off. It looks good. Yeah. Show me the Serano. What is a <gasps> mover? Prime? Oh, what okay. was that? It's just another truck. It's uh, it's a truck and it's got a couple of, uh, I like trucks, little, uh, containers that you can put on it for making it be an objective or nice. trying to get, you know, convoy type thing or something like that. That's cool. Yeah. 
Know, is that the one style. that, uh, is that, well, yeah, which one of those is the sixth wheeled one? That's I'm trying to remember. Prime, that's that the, the prime mover. mover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that looks six? pretty cool. Yeah. No, uh, six wheels. It's got like the engine in the back. It's pretty cool looking. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm glad to see, glad to see some new, new models hitting the, hitting availability. Yeah. Yeah. That's really nice. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Sojourner B, that was a hot one too. Cause the region, have, the region's have, a big one. I have a Sojourner I should put together. Carrying Crow, uh, Lightning. Yeah, there's. Uh, are... Check out, check out Ironwood Metals. Uh, it's it's a good little little mix of stuff. A different Wolverine. <laughs> Do we I like need how another Wolverine? I like how I, we're I, just right? an- another Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 well, for one, I've never really cared for the Wolverine. I feel like it's, well, I, I just feel like it, it, it's, an, it, it's an ugly Shadowhawk. <laughs> like it's, it's I'm sorry, wow. I just don't, I don't Let get it. Like out of mail flow. And yeah, no, I mean, RP at WolfsterGoods.com. Out of the the you know the the original fifty five tonners you know like the old school the the it's the one that just never appealed the Shadowhawk yeah looks cool I get it the Griffin very cool Wolverine nah it just it doesn't do what either one of the other two do you're do gonna pass me. huh like, ouch hard pass and then they go and put it in the beginner box <laughs> and. They, they put it in the beginner box and they put it in the game of armor combat. So Art. now everybody's got like five of them. It, uh, I just don't like it. I don't like the beginner, it. The beginner box that has been updated. It'll now have a vindicator. Ooh. I like well, way to wait, way to jump the line there. That, that that's like the next thing there. Defender. <laughs> Oh, what's the defender? Anybody know? I haven't seen that one. Warships. Um, yes, uh, it's twenty dollar oh. defender warship, BT four seven four. That's monster. Nice. Well, that's fun. Let's get <laughs> on to the fun stuff. All right, uh, catalyst announcements. What land, is land of dream? Oh, that's the new founding of the clans book. Yep, last Any one in the trilogy. Now. Anytime yeah. now. Anytime now. Uh, it needs to be here now because I finished Redemption Rights, which I'm just going to let all the listeners know that we're well, not going to talk, gonna talk about, about Redemption it. Rights tonight. It's that is, There's too much to go into right now, and we're going to give you all an extra. We're not going to bring it down. Like what? <laughs> maybe one or two weeks to, to read the book? Yeah, I don't know what kind of information was in there that, and then we're gonna spoil the fuck. You're, out of it. you're gonna like, <laughs> specifically you. <laughs> yeah, well. No, so has everybody finished uh, book two? For yes, I have. Yeah. The clans? I, have. I, oh. I got, I got like halfway through it, and oh. then I. Uh, How? Uh, I, oh, I think Rock in a Hard Place came out, so oh, then that's it, right. that's it right. went to you the just... shelf and. <laughs> You're that meme where the car is taking the intersection. It's like, oh, God, oh, God, go 
Hogwarts Legion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it it didn't matter what I was reading. Great Death Legion book came out. Man, I don't know That's how you put read. that down. That was a good book. Yeah, no, I and and now I'm just kind of con- well confused how I never got back to it because <laughs> like I mean I read Redemption Rights, you know I've, I've been reading other stuff, but um, like it's just sitting there. I don't know why. I mean, do we have to have the conversation with CGL to stop putting out so much fiction? No, no. Don't fucking ever say something that <laughs> no. stupid again. No. Edit that out. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Put it in there. It made you sound smarter. You're putting up so much fiction, I can't finish the book I started. No, don't stop. That was exactly two hours. Believe in. Uh, Uh, Like Mad Cat TC Premium? Yeah. 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 It's a really, it's a sexy looking model. Um, I got to see it at uh, Kerensky Con. (gasps) Which is that? Oh, the TC. yeah. Yeah, the TC. Now, I I guess it with the premiums, right? Because they come with parts, but it's only the one configuration. So, it's hmm. multiple poses. It's Is just that... in it's just parted so that you can pose it yourself. Oh. Well, that's cool. It's like the Griffin. It's, the it's Griffin one TC. configuration. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like the uh Stormcrow. The Black Knight had a couple of different configurations. Ah, where you get the Stormcrow, the Stormcrow, the Griffin. Um, it's on that. It's on that order. But it doesn't come as one complete model. It's like legs. No, it's it's in parts. Torso, arms. Okay, cool. Uh, Empire Alone looks really cool. It was a good book. Yeah, Mister. I went to KrenskyCon and I read that's, it. That's got a pretty sweet Griffin two C on the front. Smacking a what is that? I don't know what that is. Again, also, if you're listening, sorry, but we will be talking about Krenskikon on the next episode. <laughs> Which we will try to get to recorded next week. So this one will come out at the end of this week. Blah blah. blah. I, I'm not giving dates. Whatever. Looks like the hostel. Yeah, the new miniatures that we got to... We're talking about it next week. Never mind. And Alpha Strike box set in the fall. Yeah, yeah. Alpha Strike is getting its own. uh, So there will be the beginner beginner box, a game of armored combat for the Total Warfare side of things, and Alpha Strike. So uh, along with that is going to be a Pouncer and a Wraith will be the new minis. Then everything else will be like reposes and different variants and whatnot but um just in time to bring back Arisung. <laughs> yeah well no we were talking about uh, uh brushido's uh high contrast chromy paint that he did on that mad cat i uh i'm thinking about um hitting that fella up and figuring out how to do that and see if i can do the same thing in uh blue for a race gunmetal all oh, the race yep. That would yeah. be tight. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I won't be able to pull it off like he can, but we were trying. What if you do a 28 millimeter version too? Just get all of your old rates, practice Monster. one through 10. <laughs> <laughs> the 10th one being the one in the Alpha Strike box set. Well, I, well, I've, I, I've, ooh, I'm, 
I'm I'm shooting a lot of shots today. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, you're talking a lot too. I, 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 uh, that's good. That's good. I, 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 am, I, I I've had I've had some conversations, and I think I'm going to end up. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to get some sort of uh, grinding tool and grind down the shoulders on that wraith. I I know it. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I you made the comment. You can't stand the shoulders. Yeah. I can't do you the shoulders. You don't like the working woman's eighties? Yeah, no, no, no. Come on. No. I, Those women the, joined the workforce. No, <laughs> they're supposed to be. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, send any questions or concerns to WNRP of Wolstrigoons.com. Um, <laughs> no, there's um, a mercenary pack coming too in the fall. No, the, that is multiple packs. That yeah. is multiple mercenary I mean, Kickstarter. Well, the mercenary Kickstarter is. Totally different. different. Totally different. The packs so how, are. How many mercenary packs? How many? Oh, uh, what is it? Five. Five. Six. Five. Five. Hanson Rough Riders. Uh, Highlanders. Highlanders. Iridani Light Horse. Hellhouse. And what do we get? Great Death Legion. Great Death Legion. There you go. There's the five. And what I found was interesting is they're all sold separately by different venues. Yeah. Which is a great thing. <laughs> Get them all over the place. Well, I, it's I, just it, those those venues are giving giving money to have those purposely built, which is a really, really good thing for Battletech because it allows them to do a lot more. Right? Okay. That okay, way so we don't. That way we don't that shelter that. anybody from the battle tech. The battle tech goes to them. Well, well no. It's, be. So it's the kind of the same model that they did with the original dragoons box of yes. the retailer said, "Hey, we'll exactly. fund it if you make it, and then we'll sell it exclusive for X amount of time." Okay. Yep. Well, no, that makes a lot of sense because, uh, like, looking at the boxes, I'm like the number of atlases you know like, like just well, there's so many like assault mechs and i'm like why but if everybody <laughs> you know like if i'm a retailer and i'm i'm gonna say i'm gonna give you x amount of money to make a product specifically for me for x amount of time i'm gonna say give me some of your trademark stuff right so i'm gonna have right. an atlas i'm gonna have a cyclops you know so but i guess that some, makes more sense then some of those images are placeholders like uh, one of the I can't remember. I think it's the Iridani Light Horse box. They have an atlas there, but it's supposed to be a gunslinger. Uh, yeah, and then right. there's an atlas. I think in the Highlanders, which is supposed to be a jumping Highlander. I think. I think. Not confirmed. Still some quirks to be worked out. Huh? But yeah. I don't think there's an atlas in every box. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. It's more just there's so many assaults. But mm -hmm. I also. Now with uh, that explanation, that makes a lot of sense. That that is yeah, I mean, that's this is why a good, they have the, this, the is your, this is a good podcast for you to not. This is a good podcast where there's a lot of things you don't like getting. And that's fun to hear. <laughs> uh, you know what I? You know what I do like? He's fucking I like, I like. I like B one B flyer and all the fellows <laughs> over at CSO. I really like all of them. Them folks, they're good people. Good job. I mean, the part, that, that, the part that made me giggle a lot, not giggle, but I was kind of uh, put out a little bit, 
is the Iridani Light Horse Pack, right? They're supposed to be a medium weight regiment, right? Very fast, yep, yep, cavalry type, and they've got a Sagittaire, a jumping <laughs> Thunderbolt, a new Banshee, and a Cyclops. And doesn't I'm like, fit. That just doesn't feel like an Iridani Light Horse Lance to me, but. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know all the specifics and how that stuff goes together. Either way, it you know we got a Sagittarius out of it, and we're getting a jumping Thunderbolt out of it. So is, is that the uh, one that's called the Hunter Lance? Because <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I was like Hunter. What what are they hunting? <laughs> Urban mechs? Like you're not going to chase down nothing. Are they hunting in a straight line? And just they're not going to chase. They're not going to chase anything down. They're, they they might be catchers. <laughs> They're they're hunting <laughs> cities. They're hunting I mean, entire right. cities. <laughs> they're I don't drop ships. Yep, I mean, we, we got to think of sales here. I mean, they're gonna want the big stuff, you know the. Yeah. And uh, apparently, most of uh, most of all the packs are all reposed, or you know, I never thought I was like oh, fuck reposed, whatever. And then I tried to like repose one of the plastic mechs. I'm like, oh no, I'm good. I'm good with repose. Like that'd be great. Because they're yeah. tough. Everything's yeah. tough to repose. Just, just not patient good. enough. But but out of all of them, I, I am most looking... Well, Kellhounds, and not because I'm biased. But <laughs> I, I really think that Kellhounds has probably like the best uh, spread of mechs in it. Where you, you, you're getting like a light, a couple <laughs> mediums and it's heavy or something like that. Like... It, you get a good spread. And then yeah. the gray death one, I, I am a little more partial on that one just because <laughs> it comes with, uh, the, uh, man of war C, which is a Ronin's ride. The salvage mech. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, so, and, and what's the, what's the new one in that? The regent. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm curious to see if we see one of those coming up in the fiction. That'll be oh, cool. Did they get a regent? The regent was in, uh, redemption, right? Oh, yeah. It was the it was the young kid in Zeta. He was he was running in one. Right, no, but no how spoilers. did Great Death no Legion? Oh, how did Great Death Legion get one? Well, it's yeah. a Myron yeah. assault. Get it? It's, it, it's a <laughs> it's an assault mech that's based off of the Humpton. So a brand new assault mech from the Lyran gets mixed in with trash <laughs> for the Great Death Legion. Well, no, but 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 that's the but like right now, I mean, literally they go to a planet and some guy got assigned his brand new shiny mech and now no longer belongs to the Lyran. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> my my whole unit defected. Bye bye boss. I'm taking my mech with me. You can oh, come yeah. get it if you want it, I guess. And there's no Comstar to take it back. And I mean it's made by sea foxes so that means it's available basically to whoever's got to write a check yeah. the question is Seagull. how many people are going to make the uh, the regent pope mech out of their first regent not this guy me see really? I, I, I'm just being I'm, I'm just being contrary today <laughs> just just put like a you are put like a little firecracker rocket um, tip on it so you just get the this... pope hat <laughs> Mr. Up, other side of the fence, Charles the Gideon, Luke the Dirks, Wheels the me. whatever the hell we call you. <laughs> no, but we should probably um, mercenary Kickstarter. 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 So I can't vehicles, wait. mechs, yes. 
things. Yes. yes. VTOLs. Yes. More Maybe. VTOLs for coach. Oh, yeah. No, there are VTOLs. VTOLs they're, coach doesn't own. They're grounded on the base of the of the hex, but Ooh. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little bandsaw could take care of that. <laughs> it's it was it's designed to go on pegs so that you can re you can adjust the height. You Good, can choose because. I just spent six hours taking apart all of my X-Wing bases so I could glue them onto hex bases and put the peg on there. So, well, more that of that, a, please. That, well, that, that that's an idea that I had a while back. And you guys, I mean, you tell me if this sounds stupid, but if there's like a 3D print that is a hex that is one inch tall, that cl like doesn't clip into, but perfectly like fits into the base of a, of a CGL plastic mini, and they're one inch tall, and you can stack them. So then you oh. can put your V tolls on the right elevation. Yeah, that wouldn't be hard. That's a fabulous idea. That's yeah, a great no, idea. I, I, Print it. I mean, I don't know. Well, I have no, I have no skills in any of that. It's I, not hard. I'm Just an idea copy, guy. Copy paste, copy paste X wing, and <laughs> put it over onto a hex. Because they use the exact same, the exact same uh, Chinese manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, and I don't know. I mean, there would be a point when it, when you wouldn't want to use it anymore. You know, like uh, in three fifty, we have a ceiling of twenty inches. I don't think you want your mini twenty inches off the ground on a one and a quarter inch base. Um, but. I, I think it would it would help with like line of sight, and then when you have your mini like the, the those VTOLs like right on the hex space. Well, if you can oh, yeah. put it at an elevation, it would be pretty cool. All the 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 mini the base and the peg is one inch. So when you put the VTOL on, it's it's perfect. Like okay, there's there's the one inch clearance underneath the VTOL. Can I see you the VTOL? And yeah, I I painstakingly basically cannibalized all of my X-wing stuff to make my V tools work, and half of my uh, aerospace. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping we can get to that next year. That'd oh, be awesome. But but uh, yeah, the Kickstarter. Um, I mean, we've seen pictures of minis, right? Demolishers, no. yes. Yeah, yeah, from the vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, 50 some new mechs and vehicles and that blah, is blah, blah. not that's not a guaranteed number. That is that fifty number if my understanding was includes the stretch goals. No, hmm. that's solid. I have told everyone at the head of CGL oh, fifty plus. <laughs> I, I I think they learned from the clan invasion of <laughs> let's let's uh, keep it where the packs can get you know made and shipped and out rather than uh, like oh we have how many more packs we have to get developed and designed yeah, and produced geez. before we can get get stuff shipped that I, I mean I don't get me wrong I am incredibly grateful that the clan invasion kickstarter happened I'm, it was a wild success it was super awesome but man it seemed like a lot of headache for for the folks in charge of it so hopefully we can just avoid the headache and all get fresh yeah. new cool minis yeah have an I'm, erp person do that 
figure that. I'm gonna go out. with I'm eighty percent positive that they learned from the first Kickstarter. <laughs> I'll leave twenty percent out there, but I'm gonna go eighty <laughs> percent that they learned from the first Kickstarter. Um, I yeah, fifty is a stretch. Um, but hey, any amount. I mean, if it's twenty, twenty four, twenty five, whatever. And then sure, the stretch goals, which as the popularity of BattleTech just explodes, I'm sure they're going to reach that goal. So I'm sure they're planning on that. So yeah, I'm no, and I, I mean honestly, I'd rather. <laughs> yeah, I, I would rather just see more Kickstarters. You know, if they did a Kickstarter every couple of years and built on stuff, I would rather have that than one huge one that takes forever. Yeah, because yeah, it, just... people get frustrated and people, yeah. Yeah, just it's not incrementalize good. it that's fine hey, man let's let's also remember that that kickstarter happened during the world imploding with the pandemic so right before the world imploding i don't think it's fair the to, chinese new year to judge the the the, the kickstarter on that but um it's we'll it's not but, it well, well, um, no and, and uh yeah definitely keep that in mind it um i guess my my thought is more just because when people, I think it's more people have a perception of Kickstarter of I give money, therefore I buy, you know, I get, and it's no, this Kickstarter is not a pre-order system. It's a, you are investing your money into this yes. company so they can go yes. make the thing and get it to you as soon as they can. It's a gamble, right? It's a gamble and every like sort of issue that a company can run into trying to produce a new product you also as a as a, a kickstart or a backer are going to run into those products and or those product development problems so every every week that the manufacturer pushes things off and you know all of that stuff yeah you you end up eating it yourself because you're a backer you're not it's not a pre-order but anyway it's a patience that, builder yeah yeah it is yeah um Welcome to the I'm, I'm okay with that because every 2 years do that right Gives people to, you know, if you're going to go all out, you're going to con level and spend a thousand dollars. Gives them two years to maybe a thousand make that money back. That was the full Kerensky, wasn't it? Full Kerensky. I'm sorry. Full Kerensky was five. Con level was a thousand. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah not, if you're going to go, I'm sorry, but if you're going to go full Kerensky, then you clearly have the money to spend on that every year. You're not making oh. you're not making money paycheck to paycheck. I don't know if I'd go that far, but well, you, you don't. We don't know what people are financing. You spend your money where you want to, but I'm saying a per. Let's not do full Kerenskys every year on a Kickstarter kind of thing. Let's space it out. I, I like that model that they're going with. Uh, you're you're yeah. saying don't don't burn yourselves out too quickly. Exactly. Okay. Well, moving on. How about um, Dominion's Divided, which I'm interested in? Oh no, nobody really cares about that one. We should move on to the next book. I, okay, moving on. I'm just messing book. with you, <laughs> Matt. I am now that they released the cover art. I'm a little worried about your ghost bears. What ghost bears? There are no ghost bears anymore. There's only the Rasslog. There's only Dominion. the Dominion. <laughs> well, then I'm worried about the Rasslog Dominion because the cover was clearly Federated Sons and Draconis Combine. Yep. And I feel like there's no, not going to be any Ghost Bears in it. 
I might well, just drop that faction. Well, what, what I'm thinking is it might just be Rasselhog or Rasselhag, comma, Dominion. That's uh, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm feeling that, feeling good about that idea, where. You know, everybody's like, oh, but look at the Dominion. Everybody gets along. No, we haven't been talking about them in so long. I feel like th there, there's there's been something stirring, something brewing. and There's got to be something going on. Yeah, well, it says and, divided, so obviously. Yeah, well, and so Dominion's here's, divided. Mm -hmm. Here's gonna, my question. Kick off. Right, so we got the Tamar Rising. So Matt, that deals with... You, in order to have that Rising action and, you know, all that... Nice little jazz well, storyline. You have to have the falling action, so might as well bring them down to the ground and through the floor and then maybe talk about them. <laughs> it's been long enough. At the end of Tomorrow Rising, there is like a large so force of ghost bears that shows up on planet. Where? It's at the end of Tomorrow Rising. Right? Crickets? I Nobody... gave it a quick way. I'm pretty sure it's there. Okay. Anyway, but it looks like they're going counterclockwise. They're going like nine to twelve with the tomorrow rising, and then uh, nine to six. Empire em, uh, Empire alone is nine to, nine six. to six. Call it I, nine to five because it, yeah. includes, it includes nine Liao. to five. Is it going to include Liao? It does include Leo. It does include Leo. Okay, so nine to five. All right. So divided we fall, or not divided we fall. Uh, Dominion's divided, I think, is five to two. It's more Fed Sons. It's covering Fed Sons, Kirita, and the Rasahog Dominion. <clears throat> so then what, the last book is going to be fucking 11 to one? Uh, basically no, the won't. bears <laughs> no it won't. you're right you're right I, I misspoke it will be that'll be fed sons and you're going to combine yeah and, and then the last book is two to two to eleven well there's a, a, a potentially a lot happening in the Rasahog Dominion given I'd... the conversations that have happened so far in no, fiction can't be anything yeah. good that's why I'm wondering, like, are they gonna are they gonna save the bombshell for you know half past midnight kind of a thing? Um, they're like, because everybody knows the bears are the sleeping giant, you know, a sleeping bear, and they're gonna do something. I are mean, they? I suppose I suppose the last book is actually what's happening on Terra. I'm not gonna hold my breath. Well, I think, wow. I mean, I, I think something with them has to happen and there has to be some reason that they don't go just kick the snout out of everybody. So that's why I'm thinking Rasselhag, comma, Dominion, because ah. there's got to be, there's got to be some sort of internal strife. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, yeah, they should go kick the snout out of everybody. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're thinking inner sphere and clan societies didn't quite meld as well as they thought they could. No, see, <laughs> um, yeah, maybe, maybe, but I, 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 I hope CGL gets more creative. I really do. Um, well, they have been. Because, They've been talking more creative with the Sahamas, and it right. It seems yeah. like there's a new, there's a newer 
theme theory on that topic. It's like something in between where that they're they're finding new topics with the old soldiers that are becoming different. They're finding the different ways to tell stories with and different I, different character themes. I think <clears throat> Redemption Rights was just the start, right? So it's clan inner sphere clan society is not quite going like the way they wanted it to. Like oh, the the clans are finding out that it's harder and harder to survive. I mean, you already have sea foxes which have basically abandoned 95% of what it is to be a clan. I mean, they're basically commsar now. Um uh, but even with wolves and I mean, ghost bears were the first ones to try to integrate clan and interfere society. Um, and I, and I don't, I don't think that you can say that they tried. I think out of all of the clans that came, the bears did the best in integrating into their slice that they were in. Well, they're I the mean, only ones that succeeded at, so far. Well, they had you look family, at, they had family core at, values. You look at the conversation the cons had about whether they were going to go to Terra and and challenge the wolves yeah. and the falcons. And the conversation was, that's not who we are anymore because of the Rasahog people, right? Yep. So there there is a, a change afoot. Um yeah, there had but to be a change I, because the bears and the wolves used to be pretty tough enemies again, or pretty good rivals too, because of the whole um, sea fox in or, uh, the elimination of what a clan, um, Wolverine. Wolverine, that was the big grudge they always had against each other. So. Well, yeah, since they changed to more Rasselhog, they wouldn't need a grudge against the wolves anymore. It seems to me like Hell's Horses is really the only true clan left in the Inner Sphere. Right? They haven't adapted. They haven't... Uh, I mean, in fact, they may have gone... I mean, with their Mongol Drockton, they've gone a little bit past Crusader. But they haven't they haven't adapted to the inner sphere. They they still adhere to most clan traditions. Um, I mean, there's technically no wolves since they took Terra and they're now the Star League. There's, I mean, spoiler well, alert: the... the Jade Falcons are basically a battalion. Well, there's, <laughs> so, there's so they transitioned wolf. from the there's Wolf still... Empire, right? There's right. still wolves. There's the yeah. wolves are in the wolf empire. Yeah. But they're <laughs> the wolves trained. are going to end up being split again. Right, cuz you'll have the Star League with the Khan, the Il Khan, and then you'll have the other people in the different worlds, the empire. But it's it's just it, it, it I am loving where the fiction is right now just because there's so much unknown going on right now. And and they know it. Like the people that are writing this stuff, they know that everyone's just hanging on bated breath to find out what the rest of the clock looks like, you know? And, well, it uh, seems like it seems like when you look at 
the different factions. If one is getting too ex- too big, too powerful, you have to knock it down with something to make it feasible. <clears throat> Otherwise, it, it's unbelievable. So when you get like a faction that is up building, up tempo, you know, making making room and, and flying off the handle, then you got to knock it down somehow. Or if it's one of the most powerful ones, you got to knock it down somehow to make it believable. Well, Otherwise, I, it would just overpower the rest. Well, and I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, on one hand, yeah, you, you need some sort of balance for, mm-hmm. you know, gameplay and universe and all that. But, but that in and of itself, the balancing feels logical, right? If a, a group starts getting too powerful, then other groups rise up you know, and try to yep. rebel or, you know, like that, that's, that's human behavior. Cycle. That's one, right. Yep. Right. Like, uh, uh, well, I mean, going back to the roots of battle tech with succession wars being based loosely on, uh, Rome, you know, like that Rome didn't just all of a sudden one day go, Oh yeah, we're going to just fail. <laughs> it was, it was, they, they, they were the big boy on, you know, big boy in town and they, you know, they got what they wanted for a long time, but eventually they, uh, they got stretched too thin and all these other groups that have been, uh, uh, you know, trying like subserv stuck being subservient to them rose up and pushed back and then, yeah, the fallout happened. So that, 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 that's the same thing. Like I could imagine in the going back to the dominion, I could imagine that there's people there that aren't happy, you know, <laughs> I mean, we saw it with what, what uh, was the Farseers, you know, like the, the, there, there have been groups that get quickly mentioned um, that don't necessarily like how things are going. Um, like the guild? I, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the guild and uh, just, just so many, so many small groups that are now getting more prominence in the, in the books, which I really like because um, I, while I really enjoyed, you know, um, I'm a fan of the the Victor Steiner Davian and uh, Kai and all them guys uh, and gals uh, stories, but with the focus on that group, that you know, like dozen characters, I think the there was a lot missed about all of the like middle people and you know, middle and little, and I think that that's kind of where now. Uh, the battle tech fiction is more going, which I really enjoy that it's, it's more more of a cross section. I think you're right because you've got some factions that rose up, they got knocked down, destroyed. And then you have other factions kind of taking that place or fitting into the empty pie space before that balance. Yeah. Except except the hell's horses. They, they just didn't do it right. They couldn't pull it off. (laughs) I think there's going to be a sorry break. Mario, sorry there's Mario. Gonna, I think there's going to be a big resurgence with the Hell's Horses. I think they're going to gather and be like, you know what? We're the only clan left, and they're just going to like. I mean, they did say they're they're going to go back to the Mongrel Dark Doctrine that originally, not Melvina Hazen's, but their original. Uh, so, I, I guess I got to take it back. Even they've changed. Right, even they've changed from original. Whole, I mean, whole world clan, clan invasion. Uh, it's 
you know, you would think, I mean, naturally over a hundred years, even the strongest clan is not going to be able to hold up against fighting interfere tactics, uh, fighting against mercenaries and, and all this other stuff. They're batchals and they're Zellbrig and they're this, and it's all going to well, fade away. Just they've, yeah, they've adapted. They have. Yeah, to. they've adapted. So what's going to go on with this Battletech universe in the winter? Another oh boy! I'm really looking forward to that. The uh, little tidbits, right? Is that is like kind of like the uh, art and fiction book, only more directed towards the new the new person to BattleTech. And, and I'm like, that's a lot of me oh. reading between the lines and stuff. But when is um, that? Twenty year update. Wait, what is right, this? Yeah. New, t- new twenty year update. Twenty year update. Okay. Okay. So which 3130 some, to 3151 kind of a thing. Which had pretty good stories and every all kinds of stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, no, so yeah, it'll be the uh the like are you you know new to the universe or are you returning? Well, here's your book. Rather than because I mean we get asked all the time on the Facebook page and in Discord, right? Of hey, I I'm coming back since Civil War. Where do I start to kind of get up to speed? Well, that that'll be this book. Then people can just go buy this book and get an idea of what's going on in the universe. That's that's so well, so needed. The thing I'm looking for currently is I want new random acquisition tables. I want new rats for updates for like the factions. The that's what you need because we can go by MUL, but the fiction still has a background too of of those, and I hope they continue those. Well. I know they have the icon on the MUL for Ill Clan, but I don't think nobody should hold their breath for Ill Clan. Yet. They probably won't have anything of that come out. That won't. These Empire <clears throat> until, until the clock is done. I was going to say, until the clock is done. They don't. They but don't you know what? Give anything fine. Away. Fine. These, I'm totally these, fine with that. These update books should have something. Sure. And, but. Until the whole picture is completed, uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, I love the new stuff coming out. I love their time frame. It's like, uh, <laughs> what did what did you say, Andrew? They they probably should have just stretched these mercenary packs out like every two months or something like that. But yeah, I was curious as to why you do a big dump like that when you know it's coming instead of dumping everything and getting all of the hype and then letting it kind of die off if you were able to put out a here's a new lance pack you know one every month then you've got six months of of conversation happening and excitement going on but um i think battletech right now is at such a high that um no matter what, it's going to carry forward. So, yeah. Uh, yeah but the, did they the, really have to do it on Rubble on the River weekend? I mean, again, another thing we're going to talk about next episode. <laughs> but yeah, Tex had his Warhammer thing, and and Catalyst Game Labs decided to drop like a huge bomb of information right on our tournament weekend. So. I sadly was not there. I had to go to a wedding. 
the what, Charles I think you, decided to show up in yeah, my I, place. I, I guess I, I could make it. I don't know what your problem was. <laughs> well, I you know, you, you have some people that you know they they, they can't have, they have, they have they're, to do a family thing, and then you got other people like, hey, I'm a writer, you're a writer, let's ride together and go some play people games. Just care more than I. I just. Uh, I'll, I'll work on that next year. That'll be my New Year's resolution. How about that? Just letting all you fuckers out there know that I am building up wife Whoa. points like you can't believe. Whoa. So if you don't see this beautiful face, not the big chubby fat one that's on here with me, pretty face Aaron, chubby face Andrew. I'm sick and tired of getting screwed up and mixed up with him. <laughs> Everybody's got a choice. Well, I, th- I, I think I think you just oh, you need mean to like people never not use recognizing your last name. You? Yeah, don't no, use people, your last names. People get confused. People, people mistaking him for me and me for him. They just see crawl. They're like Andrew. How's it going? I'm like it's not fucking Andrew. I, 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 I play it off just the same. I just I'd point me like that's <laughs> I I just send them right back over and just see how long it takes them to go back and forth. How many times you can get them back and forth? Oh, that shit is getting old. It's at well, the last half. Hey, I could drop hey, some f bombs. At least they're recognizing you. That's a good thing. No, they're not. Yes, they are. They're miss. No, you're, you're one half of the trolls. <laughs> when when they said percent of the crawls, the crawl boys, you're the crawl boys. Oh well, or was it the sisters? You know, at yeah. least accept it. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I still outrank them, even post more. <laughs> well, I said no spoilers. No, next podcast. <laughs> we have a deep dive. I'm just gonna let you guys know because because we have a deep dive into. Into uh, I think you'll be just right. fine. Whatever the fucking book is called, Redemption, Redemption Rights. Right. There you go. <laughs> wow. Which I do want to say because it's not a spoiler, but I do like the uh, the through line of rede- from Redemption Rift. I, th- I I like that that through line in the titles. It, See, I, I don't know why it just appeals to me. Well, it rolls we're... off the tongue. I'm always a sucker for alliteration. Can we... so. Andrew, can we say what the title was supposed to be called? What? There was Brent's a different gonna... title? Mr. Evans is going to beard. <laughs> oh, fucking who <laughs> cares I... what Brent thinks? When I, when I told him, um, he was he was uh, very adamant that he was happy that that changed. So uh, the, the working title of the book was uh, Our Plans Be Dark, which Ooh. follows... But followed along with one of the opening um, little quotations from it was in the opening military history. Um, but there were there were folks that were very very happy that that got changed. Um, so that had such a Shakespearean title to it, especially what happened in the book. If you read the book. Uh, Brent, you were wrong. I will go on record. You were wrong. Uh, and I will take it up with you anytime you want to go, buddy. I, I, Just make I, sure you're talking to the pretty crawl, not the fat crawl. <laughs> wow. no, I, I, I think I would like, I like that title, but I think you should save it for something darker. Yeah, there's really there's do. so many things you can do that are you much. Can get, 
much. But they darker. already shot the wad. They put the quote in the book, and it's gone. It's it's no longer be usable. There there are other quotes to be used. You know, our plans be dark. Charles, you haven't even finished the book. You don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I I finished it. Oh, you finished it. Who yeah. didn't finish it? Yeah, Tommy it? didn't. Oh, fuck. He's still waiting for the audio. At least he's halfway through. At least he's halfway through. We got to give him that. I Yeah, no. No, I read it. I, I, I read it. Read something it. you'll never finish. The end of that book Hey-o. deserves that title. That's all I'm saying. I should have like read each page as like an audio clip and then sent it to him every day. What happened at the end of that book? <laughs> if you were a good friend, that's what you would do. Yep. Ninety nine. Here's page one thirty seven. Here's what <laughs> happened in the story. No, but All he's right. only got two minutes to fall asleep. Remember, so it's true. Better make it a quick one. All right. Anyway, so if you were. Wondering why uh, we're not talking about the new stuff that dropped and this and that. Because we're going to give you guys another week or two. Uh, but yeah, Kerensky Khan, Rumble on the River, and Redemption Rights. All going to be discussed in the next podcast, which... This one's already going about two hours long. The next one, sorry folks, buckle in. It's going to be a three-hour episode. <laughs> well, we're at 2.43 right now. I know. But you'll edit. We had some editing. We'll, well, we'll get maybe, that maybe uh, Jason will listen to this episode, which I'm sure he doesn't listen to us. But if he does, <laughs> oh, I'm sure he maybe doesn't. he'll listen to it. Especially, and then he'll the go, lines. you know what? It's been a while since <laughs> I've been on there, and I'm... I should go on there and talk about this new book that came out. <laughs> I'm not gonna so that lie. way I can laugh at the crolls. <laughs> if Jason is on the next episode. Wait, you're not going to make another phone call, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm done making phone calls. But if he's (laughs) on the next episode, I either need to curve my drinking until at least my questions are answered, or I need to drink before (laughs) to to forget the answers that I'm given. Well, you guys ready for shout-outs? Fine line there, yeah. I'm ready for shout-outs. All right. Already had Ryan's. Andrew, go ahead and give your shout-outs, please. Uh, Got to give a shout-out to the Hilton Garden Inn in Mettendorf, Iowa, for giving us a great venue and a great setup for uh, Rumble on the River. Um, that was uh, spectacular. I, I mean just good all the way around starbucks was 50 not even 50 yards out the front door and we had what four five six different eating establishments all within walking distance so oh yeah better um, than clinton then huh yeah by far (laughs) Um, excellent great great facility i'm looking forward to doing this again there next year so uh, I've got to give a shout out to Mr. Goolsby and Mr. Hesby for being my travel buddies and Sean for driving, uh, getting us to and from the Quad Cities. That was uh, a really fun ride to be able to really talk about Battletech on the way home. Well, there and back, right? So I usually am in the car uh, by myself where it's really quiet. So <laughs> that was that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> 
and then to everyone who actually made it out to Rumble on the River. Um, Rumble was uh, much more fly by the seat of our pants than I would have liked. Um, I really did not know the number of folks that were going to show up, and uh, we they had a did great, not disappoint. We had a great turnout, so uh, thank you to everyone who uh, made the trip. Seneca, we missed you. Um, hopefully, you can make it out here soon uh, for another one. So, and then I got to give a shout out to Burben uh, for uh, getting Mister Gideon to. Rumble on the river. That was a really, really cool surprise. I was actually checking into the room at the desk and I turned around and I had to turn around again. And I was like, <laughs> that some bitch isn't supposed to be here. So that was, that was really, really cool. So thank you for dragging him with. Aaron. Um, uh, I actually have shout outs this week. I'm super proud of myself. Um, one, I have to uh, thank white Fox. He uh, put together, I reached out to him and I said, we're looking at, well, actually, I didn't, I don't think I reached out to him. I, I think I generally noted it on the 350 playtesting that we're looking for some new overlays and classic White Fox takes it to the next level, introduces me to stream elements, made all this other stuff up, did a bang up job. Um opened up a whole new door for me and our streaming for our 350 games. Uh, I can't thank him enough. It was, it was amazing. The only downside is I had to teach Matt how to do it after I literally just got done teaching him how to do the OBS stuff, but totally downside. <laughs> um, it It is once you get it, a way better program to use. I want to thank him so much. Everything he's done uh, we should have an entire episode divide, de devoted to White Fox because of all the stuff. I mean, our logos, uh, the the overlay, all this other stuff. He has been fantastic. I call him my uh, Photoshop guru. But I uh, just want to give a big shout out to White Fox. Um, also, I want to shout out Mech Bay. Um... I've had a backstory that I've had a lot of windshield time in the business. We call that in the, in the truck, just driving back and forth to places. And I have grossly neglected a lot of the other great Battletech podcasts just because I haven't had time, but this week I've had time and I just want to thank, uh, just want to give a shout out to Mech Bay. Uh, those guys are doing a fantastic job. If you don't know who they are, just type in Mech Bay in your podcast. Uh, they do an excellent job. Fantastic. Uh, all around uh, Battletech information, stuff like that. Uh, they did a really good uh, breakdown of what is coming out with CGL this week. Also want to congratulate on the origins of Battletech. Still a stupid name. <laughs> but O-Tube for short. Those guys reached their 100th episode and over 100,000 downloads. Uh, huge shout out to those guys. We know them all. We play uh, Tuesday Night Fights with them all the time. 
they do an immaculate job of uh, breaking down mechs, variants, when they were when they were conceived, uh, the whole battle report per mech. Go check them out on the origins of battle mechs. Um, let's let's bump those numbers up to two hundred thousand episodes. Uh, that would be awesome. Two hundred thousand downloads. Two hundred two hundred episodes might take them uh, another year because they pump out an episode a week. So good for them. Awesome job, guys. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, maybe doing a cross-platform stuff with all of them. I think all of us in the Battletech podcast community should get together and do stuff. Uh, We've already done stuff like that, but we really do, as Wolfnet, need to get those guys on. Um, And my last shout-out goes to our own Matt Bloodbath Barons for knocking it out of the park at Rumble on the River. Um, I have to offer him a huge apology for, like, calling him nonstop (laughs) while he was running. I was not there. He was running the uh, stream. He did a fantastic job. But uh, (laughs) I I kept calling him because I've never been on the receiving side of watching (laughs) one of these. And I'm like, we should do this. We should do that. We should do that. And I tried to call him to try to get him to do that. And he's like, what what was your words, Matt? It's working fine. I'm not gonna fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, kudos to you, buddy. Huge. I I was so happy uh, that that it it ran flawlessly. It was great, man. It was you did a great job. So, I had I had Andrew there to support me as a tech. So we're we're good to go. <laughs> oh, I know. I called Andrew. He's like. He's not going to take your request right now because he's busy. <laughs> I'm like, ah, fine. <laughs> so, no, you guys did a great job. Rumble looked great. Uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun watching it. Um, I cleaned my garage the entire day, according to my wife, watching it on the TV. <laughs> Charles got shout outs. Oh uh, yeah, I got, I got a lot, and, and I know got Tommy's. Yeah, and and I know I'm missing, <laughs> I I know I'm missing some too. So if uh, if I don't get you shouted out, I I apologize. Um, first one I want to do is uh, Mike Tunez. Um, he he and his uh, group came up with a way of stringing together 350 games uh, into a like campaign style, um, and uh, he shared that on the Facebook group, uh, which. It, that's a really cool evolution of the 350. Um, people taking it and saying, you know, like playing the tournament style all the time isn't really our thing. We want to make it a little more narrative, and that's what him and his him and his group did. So, um, if you're over on the Facebook, uh, look look him up, uh, Mike Tunez, and uh, you should be able to find that document. Uh, it's I'm pretty actually- straightforward, pretty easy. I'm actually pissed we didn't come up with that because it is he genius. Beat, he, he beat me. He beat me to it. I've got. I had plans and ideas for it. I just haven't it's, had a chance to get around to get it done. It's exactly what we were hoping for. Is like, hey man, all I got to do is bring my 350 army. Oh, you guys are running a campaign. Can I hop in? Oh, I'm so mad he came up with it. But it's it's, it's great. that's awesome. That's what's running a community is all about. 
Um, yeah, no. So yeah, Mike Tunez. Um, thank you very much, sir. Um, and then shout outs to Chris, Scott, Ben, Mike, and Tom, uh, who were my opponents during rumble on the river. Um, you guys were all wonderful to play with. Um, and that is the biggest thing about these events. I think is if you can play a game with somebody and just genuinely have a good time hanging out with them for 80 minutes, winning and losing isn't really the 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 big thing like they're literally during most of my games there was a moment of this is not the optimal way to play but this is going to be the fun thing to do so <laughs> this is what we're going to do like when, like when i played scott it was it was literally i just started like doggy doggy piling all my units in with his units and he, he, he played smart. He took one, he took one uh, vehicle and went to go blow up a bunker, but everything else was just a giant pile in the middle. And it was glorious. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, but, but all my opponents were, were a lot of fun to play with and had a great time hanging out with everybody there. Um, shout out to bourbon again. Um, thank you for giving me a ride to Iowa and back. And I can genuinely say after spending 24 hours, three feet away from the dude, he is <laughs> one of the most stand-up human beings I know. So, um, anybody I'll, social, there, I'll social that one. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it, it, anybody out there, you run into bourbon, um, just know he is a, a super stand-up, down-to-earth good guy. So, um, sorry. Yeah. Just all around. So bourbon, I am sorry if I'm ruining your street cred right now, but, <laughs> um, ne next time I shout you out, I'll say how, how, how bad you are. You're <laughs> a tough mofo. I don't know what to say. Um, nails, man. Come on. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> um, uh, Eden and, uh, BB, um, this is just recent, so that it came to mind, but um, got into a real long talk about um, 350 rules and exceptions and all that stuff, but I just really enjoyed, and I want to shout you out because the conversation was um, maybe a little pointy, a little sometimes, but generally lighthearted and just more of a back and forth good conversation, and I again, I think that's exactly what we need um, in any community we're in um and i'm gonna echo coach because he stole mine but on the origin of battle mech uh episode 100 congratulations guys that is awesome um also uh if you're not into mechs go over and check out that same channel to listen to armor up um which is a similar format but all around vehicles so um there's that and then my last one um just going to shout out b1b1 B1B Flyer, Brashido, God and Davian, thank you guys for being wonderful painters and sharing your art with the community. Um, like, honestly, I don't know how I would paint if it weren't for you guys um, and the things that you put on CSO or the YouTube channel because painting a mech is not the same thing as painting a human-sized figure at that scale. It's it's a different thing. So um, the fact that you, you guys are putting out this content for us to uh, kind of emulate is, I mean, hats off to you. Thank you guys. And that's that's all from me. Well done, Charles. Now Tommy. <laughs> and now Tommy, um, who had to uh, uh, 
dip out a little early, but his shout out is to Vandal um, from the uh, Colorado Discord group and all of the D Colorado Discord folks for letting him join on the status that he is a post-Colorado resident. Um, and um, just, I mean, I... I I'm going to piggyback off Tommy's. I mean, I cannot imagine um, where this Battletech community likes. I feel like with the resurgence, now these communities are just like popping up and banding together where where uh, when a lot of people got out of Battletech, the technology wasn't there. You know, there, there weren't Yahoo chat rooms for uh, Battletech <laughs> groups. Um, but now you can literally find the people that you always heard about in your town or state or county or whatever and actually find them so you can play the game with them. So go find them, like just like Vandal from the Colorado Discord group. Yeah. Look up Battletech, uh, Battletech Google Maps. Just... Oh, we started that a long fire. time ago, and apparently it's still going. So, by your zip code, uh, BattleTech locations. Nope, I, not that one. I, I do have I do have one more shout out that I send it. To. So when you're done, Matt, you can circle back. I absolutely have nothing to say tonight. Oh my god, <laughs> you, you guys have like covered everything that people talk about it's good um in the past what month uh we've had fun setting up uh new content we've had fun um receiving new content from people like i.e white fox um playing some good games with gold bishop on tabletop i mean all these things we've already talked about but just wanted to reemphasize: go find people who are talking about or want to play I had people at the school, uh, you know, watching the kids play at a school event. They asked about the podcast. I had no idea. They're going to look into it. These are all fun things for the community. And the more you talk about it, the more it gets looked at, the more stuff will be supplied for it. It's a great community. Keep it going. We're doing a good job. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, my last shout out, I've got a shout out, little brother Aaron. Um, I don't know how much work, he, I don't know how much work he got done last week, but he killed it on working on 2.0 for uh, the 350 rules. Um, hopefully we're going to drop that here this week. Um, I did finish doing my edits this afternoon. Um, so maybe we can find some time the next couple of days to go over it, but um really solid work Aaron. and so wanted to call weird little tidbit may 19th 2021 is apparently when we dropped the official version one 350 rules and uh <laughs> it's may 16th <laughs> so i'm gonna really shoot for may 19th version 2.0 and we'll just do this every year <laughs> oh, Please don't make us do this every year. The, the funny thing was, is like I told Andrew, I was like, "Huh? Do you suppose we uh, try to get version one ready for Battle Barn?" <laughs> and he goes, "Weird." 
kind of like we're trying to get version 2.0 ready for Battle Barn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I do have uh, one other point thing that I wanted to bring Send up. Um, is just uh, because Ryan uh, is a very uh, humble and gracious dude, um, his pay, the, the, their PayPal is fund, F-U-N-D, at camospecs.com. He had it right. Just go give send those guys some money like they do great work <laughs> just if you got if you got a few bucks just those guys need to set up a patreon buy them some pizza yeah well see when that's the thing they don't have a patreon so they need to set up a if, patreon if, if pe- yeah so if, if people got i can lose bucks, two dollars a month them. real easy three dollars yeah. a month i can lose three dollars a month real easy well with that we'll uh greet you with a Good night, a pleasant tomorrow. You can reach us at WNRP at WollstreetGoons.com, YouTube, Discord, Patreon, Facebook, Queensboro. And, and your mama's house. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Woof. Okay. We might as well start a Twitter while we're at it. <laughs> oh, 303. Ouch. Well, yeah, but oh, we're going to cut a half an like, hour out of that easily. Yeah, half an hour, 45 minutes was. Damn it, Craig. Damn it, Craig. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Get the fuck out of here, by the way. Oh, shit. <laughs> Don't forget to download. Nope. Writing Don't... down those numbers quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. I suppose you shot him a check account. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? Oh, the the uh, 